founder of the Guardian Angels. A group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Sliwa on 77 W. You can play that, Bruce, in the background. And this was the bomb. This was the number one song in 79 by Chic, Good Times. And I remember I had just started the Guardian Angels, and we were located in the Bronx. I was the night manager of Mickey D's. And then we started to ride that D-train, D-train from the Bronx, Fordham Road, and took it to Stillwell Avenue, last stop in Coney Island. And then busted it out and took Coney Island away from all the gangs. That's right, the crazy homicides and every other Herkimer gang. They hung out on the boardwalk and terrorized people. And we said, hey, we're taking over because this city is on a deep slide into the abyss. And it was. And now you know the rest of the story. This is the song that marks it all. And let me just mention that my resolution for 2022 is to do more radio. That's right. And you say, ah, how can you do any more radio than you're already doing this weekend alone? I'll be doing 22 hours, not nonstop, in different intervals. I'll be taking you to 6 o'clock in the morning. And then I return from 2 to 4 in the afternoon. And then I come back at night from 12 midnight to 5 in the morning. And then I'm with Chris Hahn, the aggressive progressive, on Sunday afternoon from 3 to 5. And then I return before the microphones from 9 to 1. Uh, Monday's program, right before Frank Morano, half in the bag, no doubt, over this weekend, returns to the microphones for the other side of midnight from 1 to 5. And then we return to Bernard McGurk and Sid Rosenberg. As you know, uh, we hope for the best for Bernard McGurk, been diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. I know all about that, being a prostate cancer survivor. But he's battling it. He's getting his different medical options in order. And he's making the right moves to make sure that he's not only going to be able to broadcast, but he's going to be able to survive this ordeal. So we got a lot to be positive about, a lot to look forward to. And in fact, the other day, I think it was uh, Frank Morano was taking a call from a woman from Wisconsin in which he was talking about resolutions for the new year. Bruce, uh, if you can pick on that, uh, pick that up, because that sort of uh, that says it all. Sarah is in Wisconsin. Sarah, let me hear your prediction for 2022. Hello, Frank. Well, first of all, 
your show, it has to do with programming at WABC, your show will remain because you have the best show on, on WABC mm. by far. And I just started listening to you in March, and I love you. But my prediction is that in 2022, you will remain, but the entire staff will be replaced by Curtis Sliwa. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Never, you, you have to understand, never heard of Curtis Sliwa other than your, your show when he was running for mayor. So I had no idea, really, what he was. And, of course, now I know exactly what he is. <laughs> I tell you, Sarah, that might be one of the more accurate predictions that we've heard from anybody. <laughs> and just remember, she went on to describe me as having a stream of consciousness because I don't do talk radio the way a lot of my colleagues do. No, 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 no. And it's certainly at the end of the year. I'm not doing the best of, worst of. That's lazy radio. Come on. You don't need to go over what was the worst of last year, 2021. And you don't need to go over what was the best of 2021. We're moving on to 2022. And the stream of consciousness that I do as a talk radio host is as a result of having run for mayor, leaving uh, these airwaves after 30 years of broadcasting back in March, being given that opportunity by John and Margot Katsimatidis, owner and operators at WABC. I lost the election, and within five days, John Katsimatidis had said, hey, I want you back on the airwaves, had a press conference, uh, signed me up to a 30-year no-cut contract, which, uh, if my mathematics is correct... I'd be broadcasting here at WABC till I'm 97. I've all, I'm already like a cat uh, who's used up eight of nine lives. Uh, so I don't know if I got another life that's going to give me 30 years. But, hey, I'll do it because you cut my veins and arteries. I bleed talk radio. I listen to talk radio. I do as much talk radio as possible. I try not to do the same program again and again and again. I rarely, if ever, have guests. It's really more between me, my stream of consciousness, and all of you, because I'm tapping in to what is active-minded. That's right. That's what talk radio is. We are the number one talk radio station in the nation. The Katsimatidis family in Red Apple have reestablished these iconic call letters. WABC. At this very moment of the new year, heard in 38 states, parts of Canada, parts of Europe. And yes, uh, sailors on their way down to Davy Jones's locker in the Bermuda Triangle have actually been heard saying they had just listened to Frank Morano on the other side of midnight before they cashed in their chips. Yep, that's how powerful this signal is. So I know for a lot of you, you're mesmerized. Oh, podcast, that's the flavor of the day. Yeah, we do podcasts here, too. You go to WABCradio.com. All the hosts and hostesses do a podcast. I do one with my son, Anthony, my oldest son. He's an intern here in the afternoons at WABC, but we do a father and son podcast. We've got three in the can. It's called Curtis and Anthony, although he wants it turned, changed to Anthony and Curtis. But what I do is live talk radio. Live talk radio. Old school between me and you, the listeners, and the 1% of all of you who are the callers. 99% of you will never, ever call talk radio, any kind of a talk radio program. My job is to encourage all of you to pick up that phone and make a call. Because I am going to titillate you, I am going to question you, I am going to see how active-minded you are 
by throwing out questions all throughout the next five hours of this broadcast. Questions, the likes of which, let's just refer to them as being very eclectic. And we'll see if any of you can win a Curtis Sleeve or Booby Prize. Don't ask, don't tell. I throw nickels around like manhole covers. Just be happy that you might get my belly button lint hermetically sealed in an envelope with, I mean, strip after strip of scotch, a scotch tape. And I'll be sending it to your COD, cash on delivery. You got to pay for it. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And there's certain rules and regulations. And the rules and regulations, number one, bar none, when you call up, you don't ask me how I'm doing. I know that's like a knee-jerk reaction uh, that a lot of uh, talk radio listeners who decide to become callers do. It's like a tick. How you doing? And, you know, other talk show hosts, they get into a whole conversation with you. Oh, how's the wife and kids doing? It eats up talk time, about a minute of talk time. No, no, no. Let's just cut right to the case. You're going to ask me how I'm doing? I'm going to say I've had better days. Certainly with 2021 behind us, the the good thing that I'm happy about, I'm dancing the horror to Tarantella, I'm doing the bus stop to Patty Duke, the bump, and actually the hustle on the dance floor is that comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, is out of our hair. He and Charlene McLean are gone. Although they haven't quite moved out of Gracie Mansion yet, like everything else, he's a slowpoke. Uh, his uh, house is being uh, redone in Park Slope. He owns two houses. He rents one out. I think that was his mother's house, who's passed to the hereafter. And then he has his own house on 7th Avenue and 11th Street. It's not ready for them to occupy it. I only wish he'd go back to Cambridge, uh, where he was originally from, where his love is for the Boston Red Sox and not any of us, because we all hate, we loathe him, we despise him from the left, the right, the in-between, the apolitical, the independents, the Republicans, the Democrats, it doesn't matter who. I loathe him. I despise him. I hate him. So guess what? They're going to be in the penthouse at the Marriott Hotel in downtown Brooklyn. That's where they're going to cop a squat until their house is fixed in Park Slope. And he's going to have a detail for the next six months of six coppers. Here's the guy who defunded the police, right, Bill de Blasio. And we got to pay for six cops to be with him 24-7-365, a sergeant and five other regular cops. He's like, really? Really, de Blasio? Uh, You need to be protected? If you need to be protected, leave. Leave. Just go back to Cambridge, become an adjunct professor at Harvard University. Destroy a whole new generation by teaching them your form of poli-sci. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And I don't need an amen chorus like a lot of these talk programs. You know, uh, they say one thing, you agree, it's one big love fest. Their guests, they agree with them. They never have on adversarial comments. I want adversaries. That's what talk radio is all about. That's great talk radio. Who needs to hear the amen chorus? You get the host of the hostess. Then the caller says, I agree with you. Then they get a guest on, I agree with you. It's one big love fest. They're like verbal fornication and copulation on the airwaves. I don't like that kind of talk radio. To be honest with me, it is boring. But I will tell you this. Uh, leading up to the dropping of the ball in Times Square, welcoming in the new year, it was obvious to me that what a difference there is around America, the way we're dealing with this pandemic. 
Uh, I'll get in, into the nitty-gritty details of what I experienced uh, in the Times Square area about 10 o'clock earlier today before I slept here to the studios at WABC. But in just watching the big screen TVs here, you see Fox, they're focused on Nashville, New Orleans, South Carolina. They're doing their broadcasting from down south like nobody's wearing a mask. Nobody. <laughs> they did their New Year's show from Nashville uh, in this huge gin joint. Nobody was wearing a mask. They were all nut to butt. Then they went down to New Orleans. Nobody was wearing a mask. Then they went to Charleston, South Carolina. Nobody was wearing a mask. Then you go to CNN, who was promoting ad nauseum, Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen, uh, and the dynamic duo there, you know, they're, they're jawboning. And meantime, you look at the crowd, everybody's wearing a mask. Everybody's wearing a mask. Some of them double mask, triple mask, and plus they're wearing Depends in the crowd. I'll get to that momentarily. But then they switched to New Orleans, and you got Don Lemon. He's like half in the bag. This guy, I mean, he is blitzed in New Orleans. And nobody's wearing a mask. <laughs> Sit down. Hey, Dr. Fauci, I, I thought you said in advance of all the celebrations, nobody should hug, nobody should kiss, everybody should be masked up, maybe two or three masks if they're going to go out and celebrate uh, the dropping of the ball, the welcoming in of New Year's. Nobody's wearing a mask down south. Now, tell me if I'm wrong. Is the air the same down south as it is north of the Mason-Dixon line? How come everybody up north is like double, triple masked up? I mean, I'm walking in the streets of New York City. And by the way, uh, other than Fifth Avenue and Times Square, the place is dead. Dead. There's nobody around. Everybody's masked up, including young huckleberries. It's almost like it's like if you're if you're in the north, you're masked up. If you're in the south, you're not masked up. Yet I would think this coronavirus, the variant, the Delta clashing with the South Africa variant, would suggest that the same rule apply. They really don't. And later on in the show, we're going to talk talk to you about the fake, phony, fraudulent hypocrites from up north. Uh, Governor Murphy in New Jersey uh, calls everybody a knucklehead. He went down to Costa Rica. <laughs> and AOC, all our crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Democratic Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors. She was down on Collins Avenue, South Beach in Miami. No mask, no mask, no mask, no mask. Having a martini and a Cubano sandwich with her boy toy, Carrot Top, you know, the big red-headed guy. What the hell is she doing down there in DeSantis land? Murphy himself had gone to DeSantis land for Thanksgiving. He took his family down to Disney World. I thought he's the governor of New Jersey. I thought AOC wants to tend to her peeps in the Bronx and in Jacksonites and Queens, her congressional district. No, 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 no. It's all do as I say, not as I do. The sanctimonious hypocrites and their Republicans too. I remember Ted Cruz. Remember Ted Cruz when uh, Texas was in lockdown because they had no energy, they had no electricity, they had frozen weather, and Cruz decided to go to Cancun with his family on a holiday vacation. Remember that one? Come on. Don't put any of your faith in these elected officials. It's all do as I say, not as I do. We're off to the jump start. This is active-minded radio. That's right, talk radio. This is not FM radio. You know what FM stands for? Freaking morons, feeble-minded, fornicating madly, free marijuana. In the next hour, in the 2 o'clock era, we're sitting shiver for the loss of Betty White. Almost made 100. That was her goal. 
fact, it was ironic. I was doing mornings uh, for the last eight days because uh, Bernard McGurk and Sid Rosenberg were away. My partner was Russ Salzberg, the sports guy, you know, the guy with the sweaters. He says he wants to live to 100. Betty White, few days away from making it to 100, but big animal rights activist. And my wife, she's like crying. She's crying. She loved Betty White. She loved Betty White on TV. She loved her as an animal rights activist. She'll join us in the 2 o'clock hour. We'll sit a little shiver for Betty White. Oh, no, no, no. You don't, you don't need to turn on the boob tube. You don't need to go to sleep. There'll be plenty of time to sleep when you're dead. Your goal is to listen to me for the next five hours to 6 o'clock in the morning, and then when I return from 2 to 4 in the afternoon, and then when I return late at night into the wee hours in the morning from 12 midnight to 5 in the morning, and then when I return on Sunday with Chris Hahn, the aggressive progressive from 3 to 5, and then right before Frank Morano sobers up and returns for the other side of midnight, 1 to 5, I'm on Sunday night from 9 to 1. And then it's the return of Bernard Maguettes and Sid Rosenberg in the mornings, and then we all get back on track. One thing you better realize, 2022, as that lady said, is going to mean WABC, you know what that acronym means, ABC? Always broadcasting, Curtis. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Keep this party going hardy. Raise the roof. The tramps from Philadelphia, who I brought in in August of this past year, when we thought the pandemic was over. Remember, they said, get the shot in your tuchus. You don't got to wear a mask. You can go back to normal life. They lied to us. But I was burning masks out in the streets with the tramps in the background. The people were raising the roof. They were going nuts. And then what happened? They put the mask back on. They got all scared, fear, fright, hysteria, and hype. I don't know. It's almost like a division in this country, not just politically, but in terms of wearing masks and being separated. I'm looking at all the parties around the country. Nashville, that's where Fox News is. You're indoors at a giant gin mill. No masks, no separation. New Orleans, they're partying hardy. No masks, no separation. Charleston, South Carolina, no masks, no separation. Times Square. As I passed by there at 10 o'clock, they had the coppers there. 20% of them are out with coronavirus positive tests. But they had to have this ball drop, right? And they only let 15,000 crazy people in from Mexico City, Montreal, Buenos Aires. Because you don't find anybody from New York City when the ball drops other than people who work there. And they're checking them for their vaccine passports. You know, their cards. Their vaccine cards. <laughs> Meantime, back at the Port Authority, there are guys outside selling fake vax cards. You know, like scalpers selling fake tickets outside of Madison Square Garden. They're filling them in with the same, you know, penmanship, the same signature, because you have to have two lines filled out. And I'm telling the coppers as they're checking the vax, uh, vaccine passports, hey, you know these are fake cards. Hey, Curtis, please, don't give us a hard time. It's hard enough to be out here when the ball is dropping. I, you realize a lot of these young people are showing up with fake vaccine cards, like almost the rest of the world is in the greater tri-state area. 
In fact, what was it? There was a story here about a guy. In fact, he got arrested. Uh, he was supposed to be in court. He had a fake, uh, a fake vaccine passport, and they bagged and tagged him. But that ain't happening anywhere else. No, it's not happening in the tri-state area. Anyway, let's go right to the phones. Uh, let's go to Mike calling from Miami, Florida, where AOC was sitting out there on Collins Avenue, South Beach, having a martini, a Cubano sandwich, no mask, no mask, no mask, Mike. Well, good morning, Curtis. I want to congratulate you because um, I'm into radio myself. I grew up listening to WABC down here, and uh, I am a blind person. I'd like to know something about the Guardian Angels. What is your what is the purpose of the Guardian Angels? Because I'm afraid to kind of um, go out. If I could give you my perspective really quickly, like I could be walking around, let's say, and I go in the wrong neighborhood with my white cane and or guide dog, and let's say I'm trying to get out. Two people are having breakfast, and one person says, "Oh, I think there's somebody out there." And the wife says to the man, let's go get the gun. They could go get the gun and not know that I'm out there with a, as a blind person and shoot me. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I know. I've been down in Miami. I have guardian angels down there. You don't want to go into Overtown or Liberty City or so many other places down there. But, again, things are better there than they are here in New York City. They're better. People from the tri-state area are flocking down to Dade County, flocking into Greater Miami, flocking to Miami Beach. It's safer, a better quality of life. Uh, the taxes are great. I mean, look at look at all the people that were partying. Even AOC fled New York City to go party in South Beach. I mean, think of that. one 800 let us go to Roger in Westchester. Your turn to be heard here on WABC. Roger. Yo. I will wish you a Feliz Año Nuevo. That's to begin with. I uh, grew up in Manhattan and played a lot of ball in the street with Spalding Ball, the rejects that didn't go into tennis balls that I learned about. But i got to ask you a question. The last guy, if a ball is looking to go to the sewer to get rescued, that ball had to be uh, gotten by a guy. So we all went to the wall uh, and we did one thing. We said a word and we kissed the wall. And the last person that didn't say it, that, well, that, that said it had to go get the ball. What's the word? Man, that's a little freaky deaky kissing the wall, man. I mean, I, I don't ever remember that. I, I remember holding a guy like Russ Salzberg by his ankles, putting him down the sewer system to scoop up the small deeds or the pensy pinkies. What was the word, Roger? Ready. But. Uh, you have to say the special word. The word is Hindu. Hindu? That makes no sense. What is that? The Maharashi uh, Yogi who the Beatles ran off to in, like, northern India? What the hell is that? I never heard anything like that. Please, the guy uh, started speaking Spanish. I thought this is what? Uh, Radio Wado. You know, La Mega. Hey, remember, this is English-speaking radio here at WABC. Guy, guy was so confused, man. I think he was having that Bacardi 150, you know, a few shots to that to welcome in the new year. Our number's 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Donald in Port Chester. Your turn to be heard here in 2022 here on WABC, Donald. 
Uh, God bless you. God bless you, Curtis. You're a very bright man beneath it all. Listen, I I called up the Berlitz School of Language. I wanted to learn how to speak. Yeah, no, no, hold on a second. Hold on. Uh, hold on a second, yeah. Donald. Yeah. Uh, you took yeah. a shot at me there. You said, underneath it all, you're a very bright man. What are you trying to say? I'm Stunad, huh? Uh, uh, that was like a backhanded look compliment. Look in the there. mirror. Look, look. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You were dissing me there. Yeah. I like the way you phrase that. It's sort of like oh, underneath, right. underneath what? My beret, my sateen jacket. What did you mean by that, Donald? Well, I, I'm not sure. Maybe under the belt. Who the hell knows? All so right, all right. Hey, I hope I have I my three-piece set under Sliwa. the belt. But go ahead. I want to speak. I want to speak Sliwa. No, it's called Sliwanics. It. It's Sliwanics. It's a language I've created like Ebonics. Go for it. Go for it, Donald. Said it's a, I said it's a one-man language. They said they're going to look it up. They had three one-man languages. They had Pig Latin with the Roman Constantin. They had Jive Talk with Peter Falk. And they had Mia Suri with Murray the K. They never heard of, uh, of, uh, of any Sliwa. So you know what happened? They started the language. They're going to start teaching it next week. It's called Hip at the Lip, right? And we're going to learn it, and it will be like a dog whistle for the five boroughs. This guy already half in the bag. It's Sliwanics, Donald. Sliwanics. It's like Hebonics. Although I know Pig Latin. Thankfully, I do. Uh, in the many times I got arrested in the era of Ed Koch, who hated the guardian angels along with the police at that time, they used to bag me and tag me all the time, put me in central booking, put me in a jail cell awaiting an arraignment with like 10 other guys. So a lot of times the black guys, they'd speak pig lacking and they think, Hey, uh, this, this white schmuck here, he has no idea what we're saying. And they were saying to one another in pig Latin that when the white boy goes to sleep, we're going to give him a beat down. <laughs> I knew what they meant. That's why I kept one eye jack open. Feet don't fail me now. And when they looked like they were coming towards me, I preemptively hit them so hard their mothers felt the vibrations. And they're saying to one another, how the hell did he know we were going to attack him? I never let him know. Yeah, if you're on the streets enough, you pick up a little Pig Latin. Anybody know exactly what Pig Latin is? Because Donald from Portchester uh, wasn't necessarily uh, explaining that. Uh, he's talking Peter Falk, uh, a whole bunch of other languages that have been created. I created Sliwanics. It is a language in which I have botulized the English language with spoonerisms, malaprops. Uh, misstatements, words that either I made up, created, or I just sort of created in a multisyllabic, uh, oozy-toting way of saying things with a lot of adjectives. You figure it out. But uh, any of you out there know what pig Latin is, including the observant ones, the Muslims and the Jews. You, you know what pig Latin is. It has nothing to do with Hazarai pigs. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Steve calling from Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Steve? Richard Blasberg, author of the Janine Machine. This guy's got an obsession for Judge Janine Pirro, but he never calls Judge Janine Pirro show that you can hear Sundays 11 to 12. Right after Michael Mbaricic, Rudy Giuliani, and Dr. Maria, and then Dick Morris follows from 12 to 1. He never calls Judge Jeanine Pirro. It's like the guy who always liked somebody, some girl in school. You know, he'd constantly be talking about her, constantly say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go up and talk to her. And at the locker, she's at the locker right now, I'm going to go up and talk. And never would. 
couldn't get up to manhood to do that. But this guy will talk. He'll call every other talk show and try to do his line. It's like lame. You would think after all these years, call her up. What she can do is introduce you to Mr. Click. He's afraid of that. He has this obsession for Judge Janine Pirro. Maybe his uh, 2022 uh, New Year's resolution will come true. Maybe uh, Judge Janine Pirro will actually end up talking to him here on WABC Sunday uh, mornings from 11 to 12. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. And yours truly, a combination of EDM. How many of you out there know who this uh, performer is? Give a call at 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Hopefully, whatever bad habits you have, you toss them in the recycling bin for 2021. But some of you are going to carry them on. There's no doubt about it. You got the bad habit Jones. This is a great song. And I'm playing this song because my wife Nancy will join us in the 2 o'clock hour. She's sitting shiver for the loss of the woman she so adored and loved, Betty White. Would watch the shows, the Golden Girls, even though she's a hipster, a millennial, can recite their lines. And the fact that Betty White was a great animal rights activist and died a few days before she hit the century mark, 100. And how many of you have said, I want to live to 100, like Russ Salzberg, the sweater guy who was with me for eight days in the morning, substituting for Bernard McGurk and Sid Rosenberg? Uh, I always said, I want to live to 110. That's what my father said, Chester. Interesting, he was in a rehab unit. Uh, he had some problems with his legs in Coney Island. I'll never forget the executive director came there when I was visiting him. Actually, I had um, uh, Carter, uh, my middle son, with me at the time and some of the guardian angels. And the executive director, hey, Chess, uh, uh, how old are you? And my father said 110. And he wasn't 110. He was like 93 at the time. He checked out at 94. But I knew he was checking out when he said he was 110. So it gives you an idea because so much of this is mental. It's mental against the physical overload that really comes pounding when each and every year comes down the pipe and you think, I'm never going to be able to survive this. I'm never going to be able to get through this. I'm pretty much resigned to the fact that I'm going to go to the hereafter. Doesn't necessarily have to be true. Hey, I'm not going to try to stop you if you don't want to stay on this plane. I said, hey, your business. I'll mind my own business. But 
You need those mood elevators. Instead of all those things that are so depressing. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Scotty in Long Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Scotty. Curtis, what are we expecting from uh, Eric Adams as a mayor? What what is what is what do you want from him? What what do we need from him to make the city better? Well, I would say, having campaigned against them, I've known them for forty years. Uh, look, to start out with, with the exit of uh, Comrade Bill De Blasio and his wife Charlene. Anybody, I mean anybody out there could do a better job than de Blasio did single-handedly destroying the city that we love with a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball. Uh, I think he'll be better at public safety. Uh, I think he'll be better at being out there in the five boroughs than de Blasio was. He was always hunkered down, well, like two hours a day towards the end of his eight years of misery. He would walk around... Uh, the the Greenwood Cemetery in Sunset Park for two hours a day because he couldn't even walk through Prospect Park any longer because uh, his fellow neighbors who loved him, adored him, elected him to two two terms in office, uh, they would boo him when they would see him in Prospect Park. So he's got to be able to do a better job. I just worry about the corruptive influences of the Kings County corrupt Democratic machine and his new chief of staff, a guy I knew well growing up with him in Canarsie, Frank Carone. I'll tell you this, Scotty. When Frank Caron uh, bites the dust because of greed, like so many of them, when it comes time to go to the wake and then to bury the casket in a nearby cemetery, they're going to need a black and decker power drill to drill them into the ground. He's so crooked. Mark my words on that, Scotty. Let me throw two names at you. Joe Pepitone and Frankie Russo. I want to throw two names at me. Joe Pepitone and Frankie Russo. Joe Pepitone and Frankie Russo. Uh, Joe Pepitone. Love Joe Pepitone. Oh, man. He, he lived on Ralph Avenue when he was playing for the Yankees. 1964, when the Yankees took on the St. Louis Cardinals and lost in seven games. And the irony was Ken Boyer, brother of Cleet Boyer. Ken Boyer was the third baseman and MVP for the St. Louis Cardinals. Cleet Boyer was the third baseman for the New York Yankees. Ken Boyer was the MVP that year, but Cleet Boyer was a great third baseman also. And Joe Pepitone came up, I think he hit like uh, 25 home runs, hit 250. What a great fielder at first baseman. Very few guys could ever field first base like he could. Later on in his career, he played center field when Mickey Mantle was no longer in center field. And he would make basket catches like Willie Mays would, like Roberto Clemente, like Tommy Agee of the Mets would. Guy was a great center fielder. Went to manual training, vocational high school in uh, Park Slope uh, that became John Jay and almost destroyed his uh, athletic uh, career. He was in metal shop. He was making a zip gun, which was very popular at that time in the 50s, and ended up shooting himself in the leg, almost sidetracking his athletic career. But that guy was a natural hitter, natural hitter. Reminded me in a lot of ways like Daryl Strawberry. Just had that smooth swing. Great fielder at first base. Great center fielder. I love Joe Pepitone. Love Joe Pepitone. He's still alive. Although, boy, you talk about somebody who hit the skids. He was popping so many pills. Uh, The cops at the 7-5 precinct busted him and this old LTD with one of his uh, drug-using buddies. Uh, They went through the panels of the car. Loaded with all kinds of pain-killing pills. I mean, that guy was on a one-way trip to Palookaville. That saved his life. There's no doubt about it. 
Anyway, let's go to Lenny uh, calling from the east side. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Lenny? Ed Sheeran. Bad habits. Pepe was also shot in high school, too. Pepe played in minor leagues, but they told him some of the guys playing center field up in the Bronx, so they put him to first base. And Pepe was one crazy dude, man. That's all we Yeah, you hear that? You hear that, lady? Is that a good song or what, huh? This guy's a great, he's a great talent. There's no question in that. It's about time we have some great well, I gotta, I got to elevate the mood of my wife who's coming on at two because she's sitting shiver for the loss of Betty White. You know, Betty White was the poster girl in the Mama Luke's uh, bedroom, Frank Morano, before he married Rachel. He used to have Betty White, you know, sh- showing her gams uh, on all the walls, on the ceiling. I mean, uh, this is a tough loss. I know Frank Morano is not doing his live programs because of the death of Betty White. That's right. Or either that or he's half in the bag in Atlantic City. I don't know. Am yeah, I- you, had Mick, you had Mickey Mantle on your wall as a poster. Yeah. But listen, yeah, Betty yeah. White, Betty Crocker, she's 100, she's 100 years old. But how better of a life can you have than that? But people, I don't think you should really be sad about that, you know? Oh, no, they might, I can't shake my wife. She was crying earlier today, Lenny, crying. She really was crying. How about if you let like a lion loose inside the studio or something? Would that cheer her up? Oh, she loved the lion. You know, she animal rights uh, activists like Betty White. Uh, Betty White used to actually uh, take care of the exotic animals in the L.A. Zoo, which had been in disrepair before Betty White got involved. She dedicated 50 years of her close to 100 years to the rescue of exotic uh, animals, their care, their maintenance. No, no, no. My, my wife is just like crying, like a little baby. All right, then shit. Then you know why? Just go along with it. Then never go against it. Do you know there are guys in this audience who are over 80 years old who, who say you didn't invent Leo Wannix, whatever you call it. Leo Gorsi did from the Bowery Boys. That's every, right. Every guy, over, the dead every end guy over 80 years old is saying Leo Gorsi invented that language. Right? I'll call it the Curtis language. Yeah, Muggs McGinnis, Leo Gorsi. Split Mahoney. That's right. The uh, dead end kids. Uh, you know, you, you, look. Uh, there's no doubt that I stole from them the way comedians uh, in the Borscht Belt would steal from one another. They'd write down the lines on napkins. I'll never forget. Who was it? Who was the great comedian? Oh, the Italian great comedian. Oh, if you happen to know who I'm talking about, please give me a call. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Uh, he was, uh, he was, uh. Pat Cooper. That's right. Pat Cooper. You got it. You win the Curtis Sleewa booby prize. Don't ask, don't tell. I'm so cheap. I throw man, uh, nickels around like manhole covers. Remember, I'll take some of my belly button lint, put it in a package, scotch tape it round and round, and then send it to you. COD, cash on delivery. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Pete out in Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Pete. Hey, Curtis. Merry New Year. Happy Christmas. That's what I got to say. Now, hold on and, a second. Well, what is this Merry New Year, Happy Christmas? Uh, oh, are you half in the bag here, Pete? Nah, about three quarters in the bag. You know, having a good time. Popped a little champagne. Watched the ball fall down and looked forward to calling you tonight. To let, me ask you, uh, let me ask you, Pete, what kind of champagne? There's a champagne shortage. Uh, did you replace it with cold duck from the deli uh, well, on the I corner? Got, I got a... No, I got a bottle one of my neighbors gave me. What was that stuff, Renee? Oh, Dom Perignon, Moet, you know. Cobell. 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 You know what Cobell costs? Yeah, well, that was a gift. I wouldn't buy it. Let me tell you something. Cobell, you can get it for eight bucks. 
Pete, oh, wow. Pete, you know, what, what kind of friend do you have? He goes into the, the, the liquor store, he gets a bottle of Cobell. That's like fizz water that they say is champagne. You know, it ain't from France, that's for sure, California or New York State. Yeah, this was $79 because the price was still on it, unless they just stamp one on to make it look good. Come on, are you a schmuck? Are you a potch pee? Yeah, New York stuff, you know? Yeah, it's like you, you could get a bottle for 7 bucks. Oh, my oh, yeah, God. Right, and, right. and you think it's $79? Yeah, I don't know. That's what they got on well, the what kind of a it. What kind of a friend do you have? He puts a sticker on $79, and you're no, you're no champagne and wine connoisseur, right? You sound to me like yeah. you grew up on Boone's Farm and Mad Dog yeah, 2020. Yeah, uh, Boom's Farm with a couple of Quaaludes in it at one time, but I grew up then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quaaludes, uh, Midnight Express, Mad Dog 2020, uh, or Ernest and Julio G, the 99-cent chemical wine. Or Night Train. That's right, Night Train, Night Train Express. Oh, my God, Pete. You see, you are a total connoisseur of low-budget wine, of chemical wine, and you, you you believe your friend was doing you a solid. He gives you a bottle of champagne. It's got Cobell, 79 bucks on it. Probably bought it for $7, Pete. Probably did, probably did, but they had me fooled. You are, now, and how I, far does he live from you, Pete? No, across the street. Oh, well, I want you to go across the street now. Bang on the door. You cheapskate. I just talked to Curtis on WABC. Where'd you get that $79 tag on Cobell Champagne when you probably bought it for 7 bucks at the discount liquor and beer store? I'm on Jersey Street. I ain't going out of the house. Oh, no, 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 no. You need a bulletproof body condom on Jersey Street. That's right. I ain't going out. I only go out to feed my cats, and that's it. Oh, yeah. How many cats? Were, how many cats uh, you have, uh, Pete? There's about six of them now. A guy was feeding them down the block, and he's very sick. He's in the hospital, so I picked up on it. I mean, I, let, me tell you something. let me tell you something. That's going to make my wife, Nancy, feel so good. You know, she's the cat lady. We got 16 rescue cats at home. We just lost... A uh, great cat, Hope, who was the calico cat. It was like the candy striper. She would take care of all the other cats. Unfortunately, uh, she had a second bout with cancer. She didn't survive it. So it, it's it's a double hit for my wife. She's sitting shiver for the loss of our calico cat, Hope. And now, her, I mean, her number one favorite TV star of all time, Betty White. Oh, with Betty White, with my wife. Uh, forget it. You know, seems like every time they do a special on these people, they did one on Madden, and he was dead in three days. And then Betty White, they did one, what, four days ago? Uh, a special about her birthday. She was afraid to die. Yes, they asked her if she was afraid to die. And she said, no. Her mother says, then you'll find out what, uh, what did she say? The miracle is. The miracle is. Oh. Uh, hey, look, we're all going to live, die. You know the thing? we got to live the dash. You know, there's the day you're born and the day you die. you got to live the dash. You know, and the, that's, dash, that's the, uh, the dash. The dash. The only dash I know is wine dash. The dash. The dance, they call it, out there in Suffolk. You know, near Brentwood, Central Islip, MS-13, and then there's the dance with the bloods. Man, Pete lives in a rough area, Jersey Street, North Shore, Staten Island. Talk about the bloods. They're capping, they're capping shots at one another constantly over there. That's rough stuff. Anyway, let's go to Nick and Farmingdale. Your turn to be heard here. The start of 2022 on WABC, Nick. 
Hello, Curtis. I just want to wish you and everyone uh, listening in all the 40 states and three countries that 50,000 watt WABC covers a uh, very happy new year. And um, just, you know, wish you all a very happy new year. And uh, that's really it. Dunkershine. Dunkershine. You know who sang that sh- song, Dunkershine? I don't know that saying, Curtis, but I do have one more thing to say that I forgot to mention. Um, it is almost our uh, our uh, anniversary of a first call that I've made to you. Of course, I called you when I was first 14, and um, now I'm uh, almost 16 in three days, actually. I'll be 16, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I just had to say, you know, it was, it's our uh, anniversary. Today is the first day, I think, that I called you two years ago. Wow, you don't sound like 16. No, well, you know me, Curtis. <laughs> I know you. You say you're 14, you made your first call, now you're 16. You see, everybody thinks that I know them because it's part of the extended family, WABC. We know one another. Yeah, we're a family. That's right, because this is the most intimate form of communication that has ever existed, talk radio. So you see, Nick, you've developed a bond with me as a talk radio show host. I've developed a bond because you're... um, what can we call you in terms of a demographic who listens to talk radio, WABC, active-minded? You're not Small, a, Gen Z. Yeah, yeah. you're not a FM veg head. Uh, you know, nope. you, you're, you're not a you're active-minded, talk radio. Uh, you're an exception to the rule because normally I would say people in your generation, they would never listen to talk radio, right? Yeah, no, everyone's about streaming and uh, FM radio and all that. I. One of my main goals in life is actually to revive AM. I think it's one of the greatest formats to ever exist. And the fact that um, I have the honor of being able to call WEBC so frequently and being able to call you and um, being able to be on the first show of the new year, it's just I think that uh, AM radio is something that's irreplaceable. I don't think it should ever die. And think of it. This uh, year, the anniversary, our 100th anniversary, uh, the call letters at first with WJZ in Newark, New Jersey. Right. It was on the roof of the old Westinghouse factory. They were making radios, so they figured, hey, we're making radios. We might as well have a station. They had a little chicken coop on the roof. In order to broadcast, you had to walk up a ladder on the side of the building, hope you didn't slip and fall, and then do the broadcast. And then within a year, they moved to 34th Street and 6th Avenue, not far from Herald Square, and you know the rest is history. In fact, John Katsimatidis, our owner-operator, huge celebration for our 100th anniversary. And maybe, who knows, Nick, to connect up with John Katsimatidis. Uh, he likes to keep uh, WABC and AM radio alive. He's doing so much, including, as uh, Cousin Brucey mentioned, with our, our newest uh, uh, broadcast right, venture. TV. That's right, WABCradio.tv. Yeah, I'm telling you. I know, it's incredible. Nick, reach out. He's doing a great job with the station. I mean, I met him over the summer in August at uh, one of Tony Orlando's concerts. I was there, and uh, we had a short talk. I shook hands with him, took a picture. Um, He's a great guy, and he's really uh, an incredible businessman and a very uh, just a great personality on radio as well. Now, Nick, let me ask you a question. You were at the uh, concert done by Tony Orlando. Was Dawn there? Uh, unfortunately, they were not. He was solo, but I believe his younger brother was there. Uh, he was playing the guitar, if I'm not, uh, if I'm right. All right. Now, he grew up 21st Street between 7th and 8th Avenue, right in Hell's Kitchen. He talks about being on the rooftops, Tony Orlando, and seeing the bright lights of Broadway and saying to himself, one day, one day, 
uh, as a Greek boy, I'm going to be on Broadway. And guess what? His dreams came true. I know that's you know that's just the American success story, I guess, doesn't he? I think he be, I believe he has immigrant parents, and uh, you know it's just it really is. He's a classic uh, example of the American success story. Now, what does he have in common? This is another brain buster for all of our listeners here. What does he have in common with the great George Carlin? Remember the guy who introduced us to his riff on the seven words that we cannot say on radio, or we could be put on the shelf permanently. The FCC regulations that will not permit us to say the certain seven words or if Bruce uh, isn't quick with his trigger finger and dumps it, uh, I'll be on the outside looking in. What did Tony Orlando without Dawn have in common with the great comedian, the great wordsmith, a guy who is like a machine gun, a Gatling gun, a verbiage, George Carlin? Our number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Remember, this is this is back and forth talk radio with the callers. Uh, this is AM active minded, stimulating your medulla and cerebellum. Try to figure it out now. What is the commonality that George Carlin, the great comedian, had with Tony Orlando without Dawn? New York's talk station with the king of New York, Curtis Lewa, seventy seven WABC. of his style with EPM, my favorite electronic dance music. It's a mood elevator. you got to look at that video as he's flying all over the place. So well done. But i got to play it because uh, my wife Nancy is on the line. She's uh, suffered a double loss this past week. First, one of our 17 rescue cats, Hope Calico, that she had rescued from being euthanized in the New York City shelter system because the cat had cancer uh, and she was able to get in an operation and uh, Hope was able to live an additional uh, two years. Great. She was like the candy striper to the rest of the other 16 cats. And then, the unfortunately, the cancer returned. And then the announcement earlier in the day that Betty White uh, did not make it to 100 years, just a few days away, and uh, Nancy, uh, you were like devastated, totally devastated. Why? 
Oh my gosh, I I totally love Betty White. Um, um, I'm I'm definitely super upset. I mean, I I grew up watching uh, the Golden Girls show, and obviously the fact that she was such an animal advocate uh, is a double loss with her being gone. What was it about Betty White, out of all the TV shows you watched growing up, you're a hipster and millennial, uh, that attracted you, uh, the Golden Girls, since it was about a bunch of old Altacaca, old uh, Yentas uh, living down there in Florida? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a, a great concept, the, the fact that there was a show about um, – you know, sort of being in that, uh, I guess, the, the later years, so to speak, and it really, you know, sort of uh, showcased what it, what it was to to be in in that sort of element. But, I mean, just four unbelievably comedic women. Uh, I mean, just an incredibly funny show. And obviously with Betty White, um, her character, just that sort of a, uh, you know, like sort of an innocent sort of element. I mean, like I, said, I mean, just amazing, just comedic women. I mean, I, I mean, like I said, I grew up watching that. Just funny. You would always be laughing. I just a great show, great show. Well, let's open up our phone lines. Uh, she wanted to make it to the century mark. She was a few days short. She passed away earlier in the day. Betty White. Our number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. That's one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. My wife, my wife. Nancy on the line, who's sitting shiver, and here's a blast from the past, uh, Betty White, who is speaking at an awards show, and listen to the flow. Now, hold on a second. We'll get it momentarily. These guys are in the control room. They have no idea who <laughs> Betty White is. They're like, uh... Betty has always had a love of animals, and they've appeared frequently in her shows, beginning with the earliest days of her career. She later had her own TV series that featured guest celebrities and their pets. You know, if I was as pretty as this lady is here, and if my name were Daisy June, do you know to whom I'd belong? I'd belong to our very special guest, Doris Day. Hello, Doris. <laughs> Betty has championed the protection and humane treatment of animals around the world, and she's worked vigorously to protect species that are threatened with extinction. For her efforts, Betty was recently honored by the Jane Goodall Institute for a lifetime of service to animal causes. Now, you know, it's interesting. She introduced Doris Day there. Doris Day herself, who uh, was America's sweetheart, passed away. And she dedicated her fortune, which was in Palm Springs, California, to the rescue and the maintenance of animals. Isn't that ironic how these two... Uh, f featured women who were on uh, television and uh, in movies for years and years, both became not only animal rights activists, but went out of their way to rescue animals and make sure they had a home of their own. I mean, just like really super inspiring. Um, I mean, obviously the fact that they can, you know, they, they, they could have uh, prioritized anything in their life, but I mean, they really were at the forefront of bringing animals, um, you know, into the consciousness of, you know, people's mindset. And it's, I mean, it, it's something that, I mean, to this day, really, I think resonates with so many people. I mean, animals continue to be 
so important to people, but really, I mean, you know, really kept prioritized it so early on. It's just, it, like I said, it's, it just makes me sad. It, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, like I'm just, I'm really at a loss at this point still. I'm like, oh. Now, question, I, I'm, question, because we want to elevate your uh, mood like a lot of others who are yeah, Betty White okay, fans. Yeah, In yeah, fact, yeah. you know, Frank Morano, who's normally heard the other side of midnight, Monday through Fridays, mm-hmm. 1 to 5, he actually, before he got married to Rachel, uh, he used to have these full-size posters of Betty White, you know, doing her original gam shots that they all had to do uh, <laughs> yeah. when they uh, were first breaking into Hollywood. She had actually uh, lived uh, in Hollywood, went to Beverly Hills High School and went right into show business. But he had his ceiling posted with Betty White gam <laughs> shots, the walls. He would take pictures. He would put it out on his Facebook. The guy was consumed with Betty White. He also loved the Golden Girls. But what was it about the Golden Girls? Because you've shown me some of the old replays. I had never watched the Golden Girls. You you know, uh, the women, uh, uh, there was the mother and the daughter who were, like, from Brooklyn. Then there was the woman who was the Southern Belle. And then there was Betty White who was, like, what, the Norwegian from Minnesota, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think what, you know, really resonated with so many people is that, you know, this idea that, oh, well, you know, once you're, you know, younger and, you know, once you live your life, like, oh, you know, you're sailing off into the sunset. And I think what was so great about this show was that it just, you know, let people know, like, oh, once you get into that next stage of your life, it's like you can just keep having a, a bunch of fun and just, you know, having the best time out there. And it just really showcased that. I mean, even to this day, I don't know if there's any show that I've seen or any movie I've seen or anything that really showcases, like, the later stages of life as fun as it should be and where where it's at. So I, I think that's really what, what resonates with so many people. You know, it's interesting, uh, Nancy, is that prior to Golden Girls, she was featured on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mm-hmm. Uh, all four of those characters, unfortunately, have passed away in the last year. Uh, that's very ironic. But she was like, uh, I, I think she was like a cook, you know, uh, cooking up uh, items for the TV uh, show for the news. And she was a real vixen. She was sort of like the Blanche character in Golden Girls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, when she first auditioned for the Golden Girls, the producer and director wanted her to be Blanche. And they said, no, 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 that'll remind people of the role she played on the Mary Tyler Moore show when she was like uh, sex obsessed uh, as the cook on the show. And so she became the naive one, you know, the Norwegian from Minnesota. Wow. You talk talk about a range of uh, acting skills. I mean, like such a credit to like her acting ability that she was able to shift so well into that role. And that's how, like I said, a lot of people, you know, got to know her, um, you know, from like my generation. It's just like so seamlessly she shifted into that role. Such an incredible actress. I mean, just like I said, just I mean, I, I again, I think there's just something that resonates with everybody who's ever um, witnessed her in any sort of a. You know, in any sort of role that really resonates with them. But again, that's how I grew up watching her as, uh, you know, Rosen Island. Wow. And uh, I guess the replays have gotten a whole new group of fans uh, who watch not just uh, not just women, but men, too. Men are like groupies of the Golden Girls. 
I mean, yeah, but just like I said, just amazing, like, you know, uh, female actresses. I mean, it's 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 rare, I think, that you see um, comedic women and to have so many of them on the same show. I think that's what really, you know, stuck out about the Golden Girls. It's like it, it was just such a, a unique group of uh, female, you know, comedic actresses. Now, with Betty White. Uh, she, I think most recently, I forget the, she was on a show about Cleveland, hot in Cleveland mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. I said to myself, gee, who the hell would want to be attached to Cleveland? But she was. <laughs> so she was basically a working thespian, a working actress up until about 98, 99 years old. She had a home in uh, Los Angeles, but she preferred the home she originally had in Carmel, which is gorgeous. If you go down uh, Highway 1 from San Francisco, you hit Carmel, probably best known because that's where Clint Eastwood lived, and he became mayor of Carmel. But she always wanted to return to Carmel because that's where she had lived with her husband, uh, who was the, uh, remember Password host uh, Alan Ludden? Yeah, she was married to him. She never had her own children, uh, but she raised his stepchildren. And she always said, boy, Carmel was the most gorgeous place in the world. And I I would have to agree with her. Having spent like a day in Carmel, I mean, it is drop-dead gorgeous. Uh, And then to be stuck in L.A., she really didn't want to be in L.A. It's amazing. I mean, and and everything, you know, when she would ever, like, have, you know, like the interview she was on, just very humble, um, down to earth. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously someone with her notoriety, the fact that she was as, you know, down to earth as she was, I, again, I think that's a rarity. You really just don't see that nowadays. I mean, again, I think this is the reason why she, you know, really, uh, you know, like she resonates with so many people. It's, uh, Oh my gosh! I'm, I'm I'm just like choking up thinking about it. Yeah, well, we yeah. got we got to elevate your mood, Nancy. A lot of Betty White <laughs> fans out there they're like sitting shiver. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people were aware before TV became the norm. Uh, she was out in Los Angeles when they were experimenting with television. She did a daytime TV talk show in Hollywood, five and a half hours a day, six days a week. Can you, can you imagine a show? Well, I can imagine. I do that here on WABC. It sounds like you. <laughs> right. But five and a half hours a day as they were developing TV shows, six days a week, and wow. she would be engaging and entertaining. She'd have guests. Uh, she would do skits. I mean, that's – I mean, think of that. Think of all that. That's like – that's close to 34 hours of TV talk time. In one week. A total professional, yes. And then uh, in the uh, year I was birthed, 1954, she broke into NBC. She had a talk show on TV, and it was just uh, incredible. Incredible. What a career uh, Betty White has had. In fact, she said uh, in her many appearances when she would get awards, she goes, look, I'm the luckiest person in the world. Half of my time has been spent in show business that I love, and half of my time rescuing animals that I love. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I love that lady. <laughs> yep, yep. And by the way, she learned that from her mother and father. 
who birthed her uh, outside of Chicago before they went out to L.A., uh, and she said her mom and dad were animal lovers, and it just it just became part of her life. Hmm. Now think of it you you should get the old uh, the old clip since you like the Golden Girls, and I know you like the Mary Tyler Moore Show. She hosted a program called Hero Dog Awards on television. Uh, she also hosted Big Cat Week on television, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the smartest animals in America, featuring Betty White. So they're, they're, this will at least uh, raise your mood levels as we go into 2022, uh, Nancy. Thank you so much, Curtis. All right, and remember on Sunday night, going into Monday morning, before we pass over the microphone to uh, uh, Frank Morano, who's also sitting shiver for the loss of his poster girl, Betty White. Uh, you'll be giving us our animal welfare, animal rights updates, and all the things that are taking place around the globe in the world of animals. Absolutely. All right. So uh, if you can, uh, Bruce, give me a little Ed Sheeran on the way out. This will be a mood elevator. This is a song that both I and my wife, Nancy, just can't get enough of. Now, I know for a lot of you out there, you know, listening to Cousin Brucey, listening to Tony Orlando Without Dawn, you're not going to hear this kind of a song uh, being played, The Stacks of Wax by Cousin Brucey or, or by Tony Orlando, but you should really check it out. The video is, like, magnificent. I mean, talking Emmy Award winning, Academy Award winning, just the video alone. And then the EDM music, uh, you've always wanted to know, wow, Curtis said 67 loves EDM music. Well, pump it up here, Bruce. Now, see, this is a beat that even you uh, old Altacockers can get out on the dance floor and dance, take the freaking mask off and enjoy yourselves like they're doing down south welcoming in the new year. What a juxtaposition. In North Carolina, South Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans, Nashville, they're celebrating the new year, many of them in indoor facilities. Charleston, South Carolina, they got the drop of the meatball, right? The drop of the meatball. And they're out enjoying themselves, no masks, no social distancing. And yet, north of the Mason-Dixon line, everybody is paralyzed in fear. And by the way, later on in the show, we're going to talk about the two who fled. Uh, Governor Murphy in New Jersey, who's taken three vacations, three vacations since August. The most recent one in Costa Rica, while the coronavirus positive rates have skyrocketed in Jersey. And yes... AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Democratic Socialists of America and the Justice Warriors who want to destroy democracy and capitalism. Where did she go? The Collins Avenue in South Beach, where she's sitting there, no mask, no mask, drinking a martini, having a Cubano sandwich with her uh, carrot top boyfriend. What the hell is she doing down there in DeSantis land? Oh, and I'll give you more updates as they are attacking DeSantis, whose wife has breast cancer, right? Serious breast cancer. They have three daughters. So he hasn't done anything publicly in the last few days. So the Democrats, well, well, well what are you avoiding? Are you on vacation? He said, no, I'm next to my wife. She's getting treatment for her breast cancer. You think the Democrats would apologize to him? No, no. No apologies in order. Where would you rather be living right now? 
New York, where you have to dress up like a mummy, like a sphinx. You can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. Or Florida, where they're not wearing masks and they're living a normal life. And guess what? That's where a lot of folks from Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey are moving to. Conversations with a stranger. I barely know. Swearing this will be the last, but it probably won't. I got nothing left to lose or use. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. You can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Keep this party going hardy as we welcome in the new year 2022 and the exodus finally of comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who has single-handedly destroyed this city that we love with a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball. By the way, uh, like everything else, he's late. He hasn't left uh, Gracie Mansion yet. He says he needs a few days. He's going to be staying at the Marriott Hotel in downtown Brooklyn. Oh, why doesn't he just go to Cambridge, Massachusetts, become an adjunct professor at Harvard, and ruin a whole new generation of poli-sci students? We are going to be titillating and testing uh, your aptitude till 6 o'clock this morning. First off, a term that I hear on a regular basis uh, here on Talk Radio Yes, there are some curmudgeons here who do talk radio, hosts and hostesses. And sometimes the callers will say, holy moly. What the hell does holy moly mean? It's used so often that if you were to ask an average person, you know, the few people who are walking in the streets of New York City, it's dead. It's dead. (laughs) But if you would actually find New Yorkers and not some person who is here from Toledo, Ohio, what the hell does holy moly mean? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. That will qualify you for Curtis Lee with Booby Price. Don't ask, don't tell, because they throw nickels around like manhole covers. Remember, if you win it, I'll seal it in scotch tape. I'll send it to you. COD, cash on delivery. See what a swell guy I am. Nobody seems to know what holy moly. They use it all the time. Holy moly. Does that have anything to do with the church? Anything to do with religion? Come on, some of you, I know, you stung God there. You were drinking your cold duck. You know, you schwitzed uh, wine there. Or maybe uh, your Mad Dog 2020 Wild Irish Rose. Your Boone's Farm. You know, your 99 Cent Ernest and Julio G uh, chemical wine with a little twist at the top. No cork. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go right to the phones. It's Tommy and uh, the Rockaways. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Tommy. Yes, yes. Buenos evenings. Listen, you were just talking about the moly thing I heard. I want yeah, to yeah, holy moly, else. holy moly, holy moly. Uh, you know what I think that means? Whatever, it's moldy already in the head. No, no, no. So you think that it means, but you don't know, right, Tommy? You don't know. So you, right, well, what else can I come up with? They don't want to hear it no well, more, well, right? Well, He's well, on to the well, next well, one. Well, wait, you, you, okay. what is this, like playing darts? You just throw it up against the wall, you see if it sticks. You really don't know what holy moly means, do you? 
No, not at all, but I threw it in there. But anyway, however, I was I was thinking before, you know, I have this idea about odd and even buses, but they're trains, okay? We got to get an R12 or a 17 or a 21 down there in the yard ready to go. Three of them cars up the thing, and I'm getting this vision of gang start taking a personal bopping up the tracks, okay? And it gives somebody else, as we switch going up, a little show, you know? Tommy, yeah, ha- Tommy you, 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 what, what, you really uh, have a very vivid imagination, Tommy. Yeah, well, well, hey, you know, I'm taking everything to the fullest. I'm, t- I'm taking, taking what the, hey, the best of everything. Yeah, let me you ask know? you a question. Did you ever work the yards, the train yards? Is that why you're fixated with nope. this? Nope, and I, and, and nope, and I tried to jump to, oh, forget about it. No, Once, no, no, you can tell me. Hey, look, you, don't worry. You, there, there's a statute of limitation. It's over. You can tell us what what you did. Go ahead. Uh, we went down in there, tried to get away with it once, you know, and I got whips out of can. He wants to, he wants to tag or whatever. So, yeah, uh, I so you were a graffiti that, that vandal. That was the last time. You were a graffiti you know? vandal, right, Tommy? Come on, that, a minute. That was a that was a days of tick and tack and 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 uh, all the top artists come by. I was in a, I was in a party in a basement when I uh, had a picture. I disappeared uh, already, though. See, you know what I used to Way do with that crew over there. You know what I used to what? do when I would catch the uh, graffiti vandals, their crews when they would be bombing the yards. You know, they'd sneak into the yards yeah. where the trains would be or in the layups. We would catch them uh-huh. and then we would take the aerosol spray uh, paint that clearly they had stolen. None of them paid for it. And we say, yeah. hey, you like painting, huh? You like painting. And the guy would say, uh, Curtis, please, uh, whatever you're going to do to us, please don't hurt us. I said, don't worry about it. And I'd say, you like aerosol paint? He goes, well, where'd you get this aerosol paint? I bought it. Don't lie to me. Because, you know, they stole it. And then I would uh-huh. take the aerosol paint and I would paint their face and paint their clothes oh, wow. and send them home dripping in paint. Now, do you think they ever came back to the yards after that? And it was like the, the the latest Mad Max and stuff. With <laughs> came back to the yards <laughs> with, with the unis and with the unis. That's right. Yeah, well, I I didn't even go on the tracks when I was in colors or whatever. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. Right. They had one crew, one graffiti vandal crew called CIA, and they called it criminals in action because uh-huh. they were they were See. they broke into the yards there right off of Linden Boulevard as you go from East New York to uh, Ozone Park. Huge. Uh, train yards, they oh, would all wow. be there, oh, wow. and we would come over the walls, and then we would trap them in there. Oh. We'd say, okay, uh, drop drop the you aerosol cans. Goes, you mean where it goes down in Grant? Yep, that's right. Oh, man, you... Uh, you hey, were, hey, hey, what, what's, that, what, what's that line coming from the other way? Sometimes they switch tracks coming down the Culver line. Yeah, man. And you then were, they got those stuff on. Oh, yeah. I'm an expert. What are you kidding me? Yeah, you were quite the graffiti you know, man, though, right? No, I wasn't a graffiti No, band, no, you I, just dabbled. You just dabbled. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the attention of being seen walking through the cars when I was in colors. We had whistles and everything. I had mine on the left, you know. I still got. Oh, am, am I supposed to say that? Oh, see that, Tommy. Because I considered this was the greatest thing. You know, I asked my father one time. I said. What was the red? What would the red berets be in the army? He would tell me field artillery because he was uh, in Korea. Yes, yes. He was he he was on the one five five howitzers. Wow, you see, uh, what, Tommy has what, quite a vivid imagination. This is what we call good talk radio theater of the mind. You had to keep up with all the places that Tommy's mindset was going. His stream of consciousness 
from the A-train yards where he was a graffiti vandal, although he said he just dabbled, to me telling you what my retaliation to the graffiti vandals would be, taking their stolen aerosol cans and spray-painting them up and then kicking them in their ass and sending them home to their mommies. You're crying, oh, my clothes, what am I going to tell my mommy? I say, hey, don't show up here in the yards. Don't be stealing aerosol cans. Don't be vandalizing. I'm an artist, they would say. I'm an artist. Yeah, you know Matisse, you know Picasso. I got to tell you that. <laughs> I know. I know a Michelangelo. You know what you are? You're a Michelob. Uh, Low-budget beer, Michelob. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to uh, Tom calling from Westchester. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Tommy. Curtis, good morning. I had a suggestion uh, for um, that something that might lift Nancy's spirits, since you were saying earlier that she's feeling kind of down. And it also relates to animals, and it relates to television shows from the 60s. So if she's not familiar with the show Honey West, which you probably remember, uh, which starred Anne Francis, beautiful, sexy, wonderful Anne Francis, and and she had a pet ocelot. (laughs) So I I thought Nancy might enjoy that. Now, uh, I thought you were talking about Mae West. No, no. Um, Anne Francis starred in the show Honey West. Mm. In the 60s. Do you remember that show? No, I have no idea. Oh, oh man. <laughs> hey, look, both of you guys I, I, should see I, it. Yeah, an ocelot. I'm really turned on uh, at the thought of watching a TV program with an ocelot, right? That was her pet. Honey West was like a sexy private investigator uh, lady cop. Hey, Tom, Tom, a, uh, how long did this last on TV uh, with the, the star being the ocelot, not Anne Francis? Well, the star was Anne Francis, but she had a pet ocelot, and it was, I don't know, three years, maybe Uh, a little longer. uh, And how old were you when Anne Francis was styling and profiling on the boob tube? Nine, yeah. twelve. Yeah, the hots for her, right? Yeah, I have yeah. the hots for her now. I yeah. love her. She's oh, just fantastic. I do that. I do it. Not the <laughs> ocelot. Not the. Uh, you didn't go freaky deaky with the ocelot. <laughs> but Anne Francis. Oh man, it couldn't get better than that, right? Anne Francis from Ossining, man. Dig that. Ossining. Oh, Sing Sing, where they had old Sparky, where they light you up in the electric chair. Yeah, that's what she said, too. (laughs) By the way, Tom, you had the hots for Anne Francis the way Frank Morano had the hots for Betty White. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. This guy, you would go, this is when he was the Mama Luke living at home before he met Rachel and married her and they have Carmine. (laughs) You would walk into his room and there would be Betty White posters on the ceiling, on the walls, you know, showing her gams. You know, the gam shot that all the actresses had to do in Hollyweird years ago. Sure, like the Betty Grable shot. Right. Let's see, who have I got on my wall right now? I got a picture of Daryl Hannah and Mickey Rourke. Now, 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 not the Mickey Rourke with all the plastic surgery now. My God, he looks like a, a gargoyle. No, this is this picture must be from, I don't know, 1980, long wow. time ago. You Whatever got it, film you they got were it, starring You, you in. got it on your wall there. I have it on my little table here. Oh, man. Daryl Hannah. Okay. Daryl Hannah and Mickey Rourke. Okay. And next to that, I have a picture of your favorite band, the Beatles. <laughs> I hate the Beatles! <laughs> I know. That's why I said it. Oh. But I got I to gotta say something to you. I heard you this morning talking about that, the comment that Billy Joel made about uh, Taylor Swift being uh, the new Beatles. I'll bet you anything. 
I'll bet anything that what he meant was that her fame is comparable to theirs. Uh, he's too he's too together and too smart well, to compare I, I, her I, I writing think, ability. I, I think he, he fell off the wagon, to be honest. You think so? You. Yeah, now you know I hate the Beatles, Taylor Swift. I know, Swift. I was going to ask you why. Is uh, there any record that Oh, Paul McCartney. Like? No, no, Paul McCartney. I really despised him. The bubblegum kid, Paul McCartney. Uh, I didn't like Ringo Starr playing the drum. George Harrison, okay. Naturally, I like John Lennon. He was better when he left. But I re- every time I would see Paul McCartney. It was like I was watching the Os- one of the Osmond brothers. You What's know? your favorite Harrison song? Oh, if you have one. Wow. Yeah, I know he had a few. I, if you played them, I'd know them, but I don't know them by name, to be honest with you. All I, right, I so you don't, really, you don't really hate the Beatles, but you just... Well, I, I hate half of them. I hate. They don't, the, they don't move you. I know you like the Chai Lights. Yeah, the, the Chai Lights. Oh, the, the Manhattan's, the Stylus, and Blue Magic. Let's not forget Blue Magic. <laughs> uh, you know, I got married the first time because I was listening to uh, the Stylistics, Blue Magic, uh, and I just uh, fell in love with Corinne Drayton. Uh, one of the many mistakes I've made in my life, getting married so many times, but I can attribute it uh, to those songs, especially Blue Magic. Is it? Is it? Speaking of your wives, is it? Is it fair for me to ask where is Lisa these days? Is she still in broadcasting? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. She is a top field reporter. She does a great job at local, uh, the Fox affiliate, Channel Five. Uh, really good. I mean, look, you got a street story. Nobody's going to be better than Lisa going out and getting you the facts, and she does a great job with that. Really? And are, so are you guys cordial and civil to each other? Is it okay or is it not that great, if I may ask? Does that answer you? <laughs> it answers me, man. Uh, she uh, is reporting under her maiden name, Lisa Evers. Lisa Evers. Mm-hmm. Great reporter, but no, we. It. It's over. Right. Well, you know, I didn't mean to bring up a sore subject. Oh, no, of course you did. Of course, because, you know, here it is, a, a mood elevation. No, no, I'm feeling I good. You. you had to bring up the Beatles. <laughs> you had to, and then Taylor Swift. Who, I, you know why I really hate Taylor Swift? Why is that? Back in 2014, you know, she has this, like, $10 trillion apartment in Tribeca she's never in. Because, you know, mm-hmm. they, they all feel like they have to have a shingle in New York. Meantime, right. she lives in Nashville because it's nothing more than a tax shelter. They don't pay any taxes down there, her and Justin Timberlake. Uh, and who he, she's appointed the ambassador of New York City by who yeah. else? Comrade Bill de Blasio. <laughs> if, if you gave her a map of New York City, she couldn't find her way around the five boroughs. And she's the ambassador for New York City. Who did she ever encourage to come to New York City? She encouraged people to move down to Nashville. I agree with you. I agree with you, man. But I, I mean, Billy Nashville. Joel, Billy Joel saying, saying the Taylor Swift was the modern day version of the Beatles. Come on. You know, he's falling off the wagon. That's impossible. First of all, the Beatles were a band. She's not a band. Right. She's a Barbie doll who sings. Well, that's why I'm saying I think that what he I think that you know he may have fallen off the wagon, but I think his real point was in terms of popularity, she has that kind of mass appeal. But she's certainly you know her material, the depth and breadth of her abilities, I don't think are even close. Now, now, Tommy, to what... you said you lived in Nashville, right? Did you ever go to the old Opry? 
When I lived in Nashville in 1976, the Grand, the Ryman Auditorium, the original Grand Old Opry, was closed at that time. Oh. Uh, so, but I, my one of my brothers worked right around the block. Nashville was really interesting at that period. It was changing. There was a lot of you know rock and roll musicians coming in, which was different. You know, the Eagles were big. It was really interesting. It was like half the old South and half what the new South was going to become. Well, remember, we were exposed to it because that's where they made Hee Haw. Remember that TV show Hee Haw? Loved it. Uh, I uh, loved it. It was like the Hillbilly Express. You I know, loved it. Oh, you, oh, loved, you loved all those Hillbillies. Buck Owens, Roy Clark, uh, Roger Miller. Oh, yeah, man. I, you I, know. I, I hate listen, it. I, listen, you're talking to a guy who digs the Chi Lights and who digs Roger Miller. That's right, the Chi Lights. Oh, see Blue Magic, the Stylistics, the Manhattan. Stylistics, those, uh, those oh. records. Betcha by golly, wow. Oh. And, uh, and uh, you are everything, Ooh. and everything is you. Wow, you got a good set of pipes there. <laughs> really good stuff. Wow, Tom. You're like, you're, you have an eclectic uh, taste of different have, musical styles. I do. I have very broad, wide ranging tastes. All right, well, I appreciate it. You welcomed in the new year. You, you, you brought me up and then you took me down with hee haw. See that? I was, I, see, I talk radioed you, man. I took you, I took you to the heights. Took you down, took you back up, made a suggestion for your wife, a TV show she might like. See, this is good. This this is what talk radio is all about. It's a stream of consciousness. Tom from Westchester eliciting it, me absorbing it, responding. What do you need guests for? It's, just, it's like the Amen chorus. You, well, you don't need any guests. All they do is agree with you. I have other guests. Oh, no, no, you're the best. No, you're the best. Oh, I agree with you. No, 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 I double agree with you. Get out of here. That's not the kind of talk radio I do. I do stimulation of the mind. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And yet we still don't have anybody who knows the meaning of holy moly. You use it all the time. How many people out there? Holy moly. The ball is dropping. Holy moly. You say it. You repeat it. It's old. It's hackneyed. Uh, and you don't even know what the hell you're saying. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Bruce, why are you doing this? I want my mood to be elevated. God, I hate Paul McCartney. Every time I saw him, every time he sang that bubblegum crap. And then Ringo Starr there, oh, I'm a drummer, I'm a drummer. No, you're not. I'd rather listen to guys playing plastic cans in the subway with uh, drummer sticks. Or chopsticks. Anyway, I, okay, I'm, I'm going to sweeten this up. I, I can see we have uh, some brain-dead people here today. They've been partying too hard. You're welcoming in the new year. I get it. We're ecstatic. Uh, the Wicked Witch uh, is dead. Charlene McRae, she's gone, uh, along with uh, Comrade Bill de Blasio, her husband. I get it. 
But nobody out there seems to know what holy moly means. By the way, is it a sin to use the term holy? Come on. You're not supposed to, right? What about, I'll make it easier for you. What does holy cow mean? Holy cow. You got holy moly, holy cow. These are not brain busters. You don't need to be Mensa. It's not a Jeopardy question. There wouldn't be questions in the old college bowl. These should be simple to answer. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Maria in Middletown, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Maria. Hi, Curtis. Um, Here Comes the Sun is the best George Harrison song. Um, Now I have two questions for you. What does Heavens to Betsy mean? It's the same as Holy Moly. Wow, Heavens to Betsy. I I hadn't even thought of that. Heavens to Betsy. All right. right, Now, yes, this is my second question. Yesterday um, morning, I think you were on with Russ. Was it yesterday morning? Yeah, it could have been. I've been, about, yeah, I've been on 24-7-365. But go ahead. <laughs> right. Go ahead, Marie. Um, you were uh, discussing the college football bowl games. Yes. Now, I was wondering where I could get tickets for the Yeshiva Bowl because my money would be on the priests. <laughs> <laughs> Yeshiva Bowl, right. Uh, I think I had uh, created, through Theater of the Mind, the idea that Yeshiva University – up there in Washington Heights, uh, would end up squaring off against Catholic University, which is in Washington, (laughs) D.C., in the Yeshiva Bowl. Although, speaking of Yeshiva, Yeshiva College, they've won 50 straight games in basketball on the hardwood. Yeah, but how do they run down the field? They have all of those ropes hanging from them. You would think, right? Yeah. You would think. And they dive in along the way. And they can't play on Shabbat, you know, they can't play, you know, Saturday. (laughs) This is incredible. They've won 50 straight basketball games. Even the NBA, the National Basketball Association, is accepting that as a record. I always thought Yeshiva High School, never mind Yeshiva College, that the biggest game of the year would be Yeshiva High School versus Harvey Milk High School. And that that would be, I mean, people would be packing the rafters there. Now, all right. Now, uh, did anybody answer your question about um, what's his name, George Carlin? And no, oh, good. Oh, yeah, good memory retention. Okay, let me rephrase it for everybody out there who's a little too stunat tonight. Welcoming in twenty twenty two. I had said, what did Tony Orlando without Dawn have in common with the great comedian? who lectured all of us about the seven words we couldn't use on radio because of the FCC uh, restraints, George Carlin. Right. You, you happen to know what that is? Um, I'm going to guess and say that they both went to Midwood High School. No, no. Uh, Midwood High School is next to Brooklyn College. Uh, uh, George Carlin grew up in West Harlem, uh, and uh, Tony Orlando grew up in Chelsea on 21st Street in a tenement between 7th and 8th. I don't know what high schools they went to. I'm assuming George Carlin may have gone to a Catholic high school, uh, but I don't know where the Greek uh, Tony Orlando went to. But they have one thing in common. They tell stories about when they were growing up, what they did, and many kids did growing up on the west side. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Johnny in Queens. Uh, Johnny, you know the meaning of holy moly? Yeah, um, 
I'm finding out that it goes back to 1892. Hmm. Um, it is a cleaned-up version of the phrase Holy Moses. I'm reading this to tell you the truth on the Internet. Uh, okay, and, all right. Let's see, I give you credit for not claiming that you, you, you knew this, uh, but yeah. you, you Googled it, right? You Googled yeah. it. Holy yeah. moly. And you it's think really uh, that it uh, is a cleaned-up version of somebody saying, Holy Moses. That's right. That's what it says. And this was the best explanation of several that came up. It also shows that it says that it was more became popular from Captain Marvel, for from uh, from uh, it was created for. Um, now, 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 Johnny, when was that first said? Uh, Holy moly! When was it first said? Eighteen ninety-two, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, well, you were probably around then, Johnny. One eight hundred eight four eight. Nine two two two. You couldn't be Johnny more hopelessly wrong. It was not considered a cleaned up replacement for Holy Moses. And by the way, in the Roman Catholic Church, is it a sin to say either Holy Moly or Holy Cow? One eight hundred eight four eight W A B C. Let's go to Mark in Miami Beach. Your turn to be heard here on W A B C. Marky Mark. Curtis, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, to you too, you too. Listen, I was walking, you know, I live on Miami Beach, and I'm right off of Lincoln Road. So I'm walking down Lincoln Road yesterday, and I see AOC in a restaurant, uh, Doriku Sushi, and she's uh, having happy hour over there. But you know something? Nobody wears a mask, so I wouldn't criticize her for that. No, no, but the reason, the reason, Mark, is that she was quoted recently as saying, even once the pandemic is over, she may just wear a mask all the time, which is her right. Go knock yourself out. But notice, uh, she's constantly attacking your governor there, DeSantis. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know something? I really wanted to say something to her, and I held my tongue because and she's pretty good-looking, by the way. She's not bad-looking. She's a good-looking chick. But... Um, her views are terrible, you know. I mean, she's a socialist and hates Israel, and, you know, I can't stand her. Now, let but me I ask you a question. I want to ask yeah. you a question, Mark. She's sitting there with Carrot Top, you know, that red-headed yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, I saw, yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah. Look, uh, look yeah. like a lumberjack guy. Did he look like a, <laughs> did he look like a schlub? <laughs> what did he look like? I started laughing. <laughs> yeah, a real schlub, right? He was absolutely a slow. And actually, I what, to what, say what, what, what was so he wearing? Bad. The freaking flip flops. <laughs> he looked terrible. Yeah, it's like what kind joke. of a man a is going to be wearing flip flops? Come on, that's so joke. unmanly. But I wanted to ask her. I said, "Hey, you going to buy property down here? You want to move down to uh, Florida? It's so much better than where you are. You know, you want to come down here and everything." You like Governor Santos? Governor Santos is the greatest. But well, let me tell you, uh, Mark, uh, the reason she might have been down in Florida is mm-hmm. her mother was living in Westchester. That's really where she was raised. She wasn't raised in the Bronx. She, she's lying. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and her oh. mother moved down to Florida, and when she was asked, why did you move down to Florida? She goes, the taxes. I said, the taxes. I moved down to Florida. The taxes are killing me up in Westchester. So you see, AOC is a sanctimonious hypocrite. hypocrite. 
There right, she is. Absolutely. What was she having? A Cubano sandwich there? No, 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 no. She was eating sushi. Oh, it was happy hours. Sushi. She was eating sushi and a, oh. and a lychee, uh, oh. lychee cocktail. Oh, type oh. Of thing. yeah. No, no mask. No mask. No mask. No mask. With the <laughs> no carrot, mask, no. the carrot top no boyfriend mask. who looked like a lumberjack there, wearing flip flops. <laughs> Probably had hairy toes. You know, it's like so unmanly. He looked like. So he looks like a mess, man. Yes, he yes. looks like and, a mess. And you know what they're doing to your governor? Your governor announced a few months ago, he's, he's got three daughters with his wife. He said, you know, unfortunately, right. my wife's come down with breast cancer. So right. for the past few days, he hasn't had a public schedule. So AOC, while she's down there, the hypocrite she is, is attacking DeSantis. Uh, uh, Governor right. Murphy from New Jersey went down there for Thanksgiving Day holiday, attacking DeSantis. The Democrats, are, where is he? Where is he? Is he on vacation? <laughs> then finally, his <laughs> spokesperson said, you do know his wife has breast cancer. He's at her side. She's receiving treatment. Do you think that's a priority? And, you know, they didn't, think, they didn't think that was a priority. No, right. Exactly right. You know, Boudicier, 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 being on paternity lead like Frank Morano was forever, you know, (laughs) milking the system. That's a priority, Boudicier, 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 Boudicier. But DeSantis, his wife is going through serious treatments for breast cancer. They have three daughters. Oh, no, no, that's unforgivable. Unforgivable. Can I tell you what? We love him down here. We love him. I want to know something. Yes. My son works for FBLE, Florida Department of Law Enforcement, and uh, he works for uh, DeSantis. And DeSantis just gave them a whole bunch of days off and everything, paid vacation, paid leave. He's great, man. Everybody loves him down here. Let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. How long have you lived down in Miami? Uh, uh, oh, like, well, uh, I, I was born in the Bronx, but we moved when I was four years old. Okay, so, so you... So I grew up down here. Yeah, I'm yeah, down you, here. I'm, yeah, you grew up, uh, your parents probably were watching Jackie Gleason, Art Carney, the June Taylor dancers, their variety show. <laughs> exactly. Where they said, come That's on exactly down to Miami happened. Beach. Come on, like my relatives. <laughs> or at the time, uh, there was a guy who did the uh, OJ commercial, the Tropicana commercial. I'm, I'm forgetting his right. uh, name now. If anybody happens to know out there, one 800 848 Nine two two two. He'd be drinking his orange juice, saying, "Come on down, come on down to Florida." And boy, did our relatives flock here. But do you remember the dog track way at the end of South oh, Beach? Oh yeah, of course, absolutely. Did yeah. you ever go to the dog yeah. track there? The dog track, and they just ended High Life. They used to have High Life. You talk here, it right. They just ended that. That game was the most crooked game. A high line. <laughs> That's true, really? They got the bass guys, you know, with those uh, weave baskets fixing every game. You get the, the Alta Cocker sitting there betting mad money. These bass guys, you know, it's already fixed. They got the fixing. They're getting paid off. And yet these degenerate gamblers are always going to highlight. We had it in, I think, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh, they really? had highlight in, uh, in uh, Hollywood, uh, which is not far from where you are. Oh right, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, they had to- that pelota, the pel- pelota ballers. Yeah, yeah, but a total rip off. And then naturally, the dog track. Uh, you go, you'd watch one race. <laughs> the dogs would be chasing, you know, the uh, automated rabbit, and they crash yes, into the yes. the net. They bring them in yes. the back. All they would do is change numbers on the same dogs and run them in the next race. <laughs> 
And I, I started screaming. I started screaming. And then this old guy comes. He must have been like 88 years old. He was the security guard. He goes, you know, I, I like the work you're doing, Curtis, but I'm going to have to throw you off the dog track. You're disturbing the dog walkers and the dogs. They, they, again, that was a fixed game. Yeah, you get the three-eyed cousin fornicators right from the trailer parks. They're all sitting there, and you got the Jamaicans with their jiffy pop hats, right, and their exactly. gold teeth. Yes. And they're yes. screaming because they're also playing simulcast. You know, the other races, they're screaming all kinds of invectives at the guys who look like they're right out of the penitentiary in Starksville walking the dogs around the track. <laughs> Very funny. Oh, yeah. Funny. I'll tell you, I almost got thrown out of the dog track. Oh. Yeah, well, they're gone. High life finished yeah, now. I remember the Curtis, track. Do you, ever, yeah. do you ever come down to Miami Beach? Do you ever come down to Miami or anything? Yeah, or? I tell you, I haven't been traveling since the lockdown and pandemic. I've been so busy in New York City, and then I ran for mayor. Uh, but I'm going to have to start traveling, visiting the Guardian Angel chapters I have everywhere. I remember the last time I was in Tampa. They gave me the bad wow. news in North Tampa, where I have guardian angels, that they closed the dog track there. There's no more oh, dogs. Too? Oh, wow. All over, huh? All wow. over. And then they had the track outside of New Orleans. Ah, man. It, oh, I used to have such fun watching the hillbillies and the Jamaicans <laughs> with the Jiffy Pop hats uh, betting on the dogs. And then a little cafeteria they'd have there. You look at the nachos, right? You say, really? What was that? What was that? Cheese on there from like five days ago? Flies, everything. That was the dog track. Ah, I love the dog track. It was great. I'm going to deputize you, Mark. You're going to be our correspondent from uh, South Beach, Miami, Dade County, Little Havana. Again, I'll give her your back. Yeah, yeah, I'll please, please. Tell her, hey, all out crazy, courtesy of Curtis Lewa. Oh, yeah. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Holy cow. Listen, baby. You know it. When you're dancing, yeah. You show it. Kind of talk radio than you're used to. That's why I don't deal with guests. 
I mean, what would we have done in that last hour, right? We'll talk to some guests down in Miami Beach, OAOC. Oh, yeah, there's a, no life, right? We'd all be in the amen chorus. Agree, she's no good. She's a sanctimonious hypocrite, which she is. But notice how with Mark the Colt, who was lured down there at the age of four by Jackie Gleason, Art Carney, and the uh, June Taylor dancers. His parents in the Bronx were watching, and Gleason was saying, come on down to Miami Beach. And the other question I threw out there, and I'd already mentioned it earlier in the show. Let's see if any of you are actually cogent and astute and paying attention. I'd say the original guy used to do the OJ commercials, the Tropicana uh, commercials, also used to say, come on down to Florida. Who is that? 1-800-848-9222. Remember, this is active-minded radio. It stimulates your medulla and cerebellum. you got to think. We paint the pictures with the words. It's theater of the mind, but it also it's interactive. That's what makes this. Talk radio, this thing of ours, so important. 1-800-848-WABC. It's dependent on all of you. And in fact, a brand new listener to WABC, because we can be heard in 38 states and parts of Canada, parts of Europe, and as I have said before, sailors on their way down to Davy Jones' locker and the Bermuda Triangle between Bermuda and Bahamas, by the way, where Cousin Brucie first actually was broadcasting from. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, commented that they were last listening to Frank Morano on the other side of uh, midnight before they went down to Davy Jones's locker. That's how powerful this station is. And then a cheesehead the other day called up Frank Morano, and she hit the she hit the the hammer on the head. What is that? Uh, the nail on the hammer of the head, or something like that. Sarah is in Wisconsin. Sarah, let me hear your prediction for twenty twenty two. Hello, Frank. Well, first of all. Your show, it has to do with programming at WABC, your show will remain because you have the best show on, on WABC by far. No, he doesn't. And I just started listening to you in March, and I love you. But my prediction is that in 2022, you will remain, but the entire staff will be replaced by Curtis Sliwa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I never, you have to understand, never heard of Curtis Sliwa other than your, your show when he was running for mayor. So I had no idea, really, what he was. And, of course, now I know exactly what he is. <laughs> I tell you, Sarah, that might be one of the more accurate predictions that we've heard from anybody. Hey, look, I can do endless hours of radio because it's a stream of consciousness. It's theater of the mind. It's interacting with you, the callers. And you see, many of you, you don't ever think you could call a talk radio program. Did you hear Mark from Miami Beach? You see how we got into it? We ended up talking about dog tracks. The guy couldn't stop laughing. That's a mood elevator. Guests don't do that. Guests, they, they read off a cue card. Come on. You, you talk to a politician. You think a politician is going to show any personality? Of course not. They have memorized lines, and then the host of the hostess feeds them softballs. Oh, I agree. We all agree to get along. It's the amen chorus. Rarely, if ever, is it adversarial. This is real talk radio. It's old school talk radio. I've been doing this for 30 years. And John Cancimatidis welcomed me back just five days after I lost the election to Eric Adams, who was sworn in tonight after the ball dropped in Times Square. Thank God. 
so we can get that stain of the last eight years out of here. Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, and his wife Charlene. By the way, they're not leaving Gracie Mansion. Why? Because they were late to pack up. So they're staying at the Marriott Hotel in downtown Brooklyn because their house isn't ready yet in Park Slope on 7th Avenue and 11th Street. Or maybe their fellow liberals, progressives, don't want them to move back in there. Because they get booed everywhere they go. They're the most hated people in the world. Oh, yeah. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. We haven't yet squared away. A simple question. This must be a Frank Morano audience. It must be. I mean, this is simple. I said, what is the origin, the derivative of holy moly and holy cow? I mean, I'm going to get into some more dis- intense descriptions here. But can anybody out there tell me, what does holy moly mean? What does holy cow mean? And did the Roman Catholic Church, an edict from the Vatican, say you can't say that because it's sacrilegious to say holy moly or holy cow? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Now, this is a brain buster here. (laughs) Let's see if you get this. (sighs) What was the original use of treadmills? When it was first developed in Victorian times, the treadmill was not an invention of Victanis or or, uh, any of the gyms uh, that you get on the treadmill or in your basement. The treadmill was actually developed way back in Victorian times. What was the purpose of the treadmill? And the reason I mention that is there's some synergy. Because who is it that also passed away recently this past week? In addition to my wife sitting shiver for the loss of Betty White, who almost made it to 100, uh, Madden, who passed away, and Harry Reid, right, the former majority leader of the Democrats in the Senate, who then uh, mysteriously bowed out and turned over the majority leadership to uh, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, the schmuck to putz, graduate of Madison High School, with whom else? Bernie the Altacaca Sanders, yeah, Madison High School. Judge Ginsburg, no longer with us. And Cousin Brucey. That's right. He was the best of the four, Cousin Brucey. But I divert. Uh, the question here is, Harry Reid claimed that he was on a treadmill. Claimed that he got entangled in the treadmill. And that the treadmill attacked him. And then remember the pictures we saw of Harry Reid? It looked like he had been hit by a Mack truck, which he probably was, on the strip in Vegas by organized crime. Because how many of you remember that famous scene in Casino? Remember Robert De Niro, Rothman, uh, the gangster who wanted the license for a casino, the Jewish gangster? Great. Oh, great Scorsese film. Pesci, De Niro, really great stuff. And the role of Harry Readers, he was the head of the Nevada Gaming Commission. And he refused to give Henry Rothman the license. And Henry Rothman stood up in the public hearing and said, we've done so many favors for you, Harry Reid. We fixed so many things for you. And they had to, they called him out of order. And in fact, Harry Reid was quoted as saying in real life, the scariest guy he ever came across in his lifetime was the De Niro character, Rothman. And then two months after he supposedly had an accident with the treadmill, 
He did a YouTube video in which uh, he said, this is it, my last go-round. I'm not running for the Senate any longer. Let's face it, organized crime caught up with him. Uh, he, he probably crossed them uh, over something. And out went Harry Reid, and in came the schmuck to putz, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, uh, who is now the majority leader of the Democrats, and would like to remain majority leader over my dead body because uh, I've set up a pack to stop Chuck. That's right, stopchuck.com. We got to get rid of him in these midterm elections. Uh, he is the poster child for term limits, as is Mitch McConnell. Democrats, Republicans, time to get rid of him. But I divert from what I was saying. Why was the treadmill created in Victorian times? Remember, it wasn't at Vic Tanny's. It wasn't at uh, World Gym or any of the gyms. What was the purpose of that? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. I think we have a answer to one of my uh, brain busters. The question was, in addition to Jackie Gleason, Art Carney, and the June Taylor dancers who had the variety show on Saturday nights, urging everyone at the end to come down to Miami Beach in the 60s. The other great, uh, oh man, what a great hawker of products this guy was who was the uh, spokesperson for Tropicana Orange Juice. And by the way, uh, after he was no longer the spokesperson, who replaced him? Which infamous controversial person replaced him as the spokesperson for Tropicana Orange Juice? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to GA in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, GA. Hello? Hey, you're on the air, GA. All right, it's a, it's a nothing answer, but uh, the gentleman's name was Jim Dooley. Oh, you couldn't be more hopelessly correct. <laughs> that guy could. You, that guy could sell Tropicana orange juice. Remember? Yes, I do. You wanted to go out and get a gallon, and he would say, "Come on down to Florida." Then I think he also hawked. For either Eastern Airlines or Northeast Airlines uh, that had many flights going down to Miami International Airport, uh, West Palm Beach, uh, Tampa, St. Pete, Orlando. Listen, I also have another answer to a question that you were discussing the other morning. Oh, wow. You're going for the Daily Double here. Yeah. yeah. The Phil Maurice, you read in the Village Voice that Billy Graham closed the Phil Maurice and you didn't know why. The reason was he couldn't pay the bands anymore. All those great bands that were getting up and coming, like The Who and Jimi Hendrix and all those other big bands, Santana, couldn't pay him the money anymore. The film all closed and rock and roll moved to arena rock. Yeah, but it was interesting because uh, he took out a full-page ad in the Village Voice. He, he closed simultaneously. The East Fillmore, which was on 6th Street and 2nd Avenue, Lower East Side, and the West Fillmore, which was out uh, uh, in uh, San Francisco, Haight-Ashbury. He took out a full-page ad. I remember it was in the 2nd Avenue record shop where I used to get the white albums from, the rip-off albums. And I'll never forget reading it, and he said, well, due to the fact that I can't get quality acts any longer and the fans uh, who come into the Fillmore East are barbarians, I'm forced to close. Well, I just heard that the bands were asking too much money, and he couldn't afford to pay them. 
Excellent, excellent. Well, yeah, you are, you are on mark. You are on mark. You hit uh, Jim Dooley. Uh, but apparently Richie in New Jersey wants to straighten me out about Jim Dooley and what airline he also hawked for in addition to Tropicana Orange Juice. Go for yours, Richie. Hi, Curtis. It was National Airlines. National Airlines. Oh, it wasn't Eastern Airlines or Northeast Airlines. National. All right. All right. No, no, no. You got it. You nailed it. And by the way, uh, after Jim Dooley was no longer the spokesperson for Tropicana Orange Juice, encouraging everybody to come on down to Florida in the 60s, who took his place? Anita Bryant. Excellent. And then got into that whole imbroglio uh, over gays, remember? And then she got bounced. Yep. Oh, boy, man. Richie's sharp. Boy, they see people are now sharp. You must have. Did you have your ginkgo uh, recently? Nope. You're a man of very few words. Uh, your ginkgo uh, biloba, you know, it supposedly stimulates the thought process. Richie was on the mark. <laughs> GA was on the mark in Brooklyn. We're on a roll here. Wow, you know these guys don't listen to Frank Morata, that's for sure. We still can't get a straight answer. We got it on Jim Dooley. We can't get an answer. The meaning of holy moly and holy cow, and is it considered sacrilegious to use that term holy? By the Roman Catholic Church in the Vatican. Haven't been able to get an answer on that yet. Not yet. <sighs> Let's go to Bernie in Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here. Welcome you to 2022 on WABC, Bernie. Uh, uh, Curtis, um, holy moly doesn't mean anything. It was used by Billy Batson when he said Shazam to turn into Captain Marvel in Wiss Comics. 1940 or 41, when Billy Batson was surprised, and before he could say Shazam to turn into Captain Marvel, he would say, holy moly. By the way, Bertie, uh, did you have that? Was that part of your comic book collection there in 1942, Bernie? That's right. Yeah, I figured that. You couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. You would think, Jim Dooley, that's a tough one, right? They knew Tropicana Orange Juice, they knew National Airlines, come on down to Florida in the 60s. Yeah, nobody has been able to explain the meaning of holy moly and holy cow and whether it's considered sacrilegious by the Vatican to use the term holy attached to either word. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. By sheep. Play it up there. Play it up there. Coming off the D train, still well Coney Island with the Guardian Angels in 1979. And we took over gangland. That's right. Coney Island was run by the crazy homicides and all the gangs. He told the coppers from the 60th precinct, just look the other way. We got to do what we got to do. To liberate Coney Island, and we did. To this song, the number one song in 1979, 
Good times by she. And you go to the roller rink, your rentals, roller skates, and this was the jam. Oh, yeah. Oh, those were great times. That was the comeback in New York City as I started the Guardian Angels, and we took back the subways and then took back the streets. And we're hoping now with the exit of Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor who single-handedly has taken a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to the city that we love, that we will begin that ascent again, just like we did in 1979. Anyway, I'd ask a question, a number of questions. It's almost like this is Jeopardy, Curtis Lewa style. Very eclectic, very eclectic. Victorian times, there was the invention of the treadmill. That's right. Not in the gyms for you uh, muscle heads, but rather in Victorian times. What was the purpose of it? Let's go to Oscar in Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here in 2022 on WABC, Oscar. Yeah, how you doing? Good morning, Curtis. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I was told that that was invented for, for royalty, for females, for the female princes and queens, so they could just walk on a treadmill on a daily basis and keep themselves a trim. Um, for positions of leadership and authority. That's what I was told. Ah, so you heard it uh, secondhand, thirdhand, right? Yes, sir. Uh, is it believable to you, Oscar? Does it does seem to make sense? Yeah, it seems to make sense because they're, they're, being that they were making decisions every day on a daily basis, important decisions that uh, help the people, they have to keep themselves physically fit and um, stress-free. So the treadmill, you know what I'm saying? And most females are... Uh, they were doing, they're like, they're the counsel for their husbands. So. Guess what, Oscar? You couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. Again, I pose that question. Why was the treadmill created in Victorian times? It was not the exercise vehicle that so many of you used to get uh, slim and trim. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go, if we can, to Mr. Singh in Edison, New Jersey. Uh, you know the meaning of holy cow, Mr. Singh? My damn cars are cars holy in my country in India. Don Kashain. Horrible Indian accent. Horrible. Now, I will tell you this, having uh, traveled uh, in India from Bombay, which is now called Mubaya, uh, through Madras, which uh, has, uh, like, red clay fields, and Poncheri. The one thing they all have in common that's on the coast is got a lot of people there. Wherever you look, there's people, 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 people. And I will tell you this, in traveling around the country in a little bus with a bunch of North Americans there who are, like, total, total schmucks, going to these ashrams where monkeys were fornicating and copulating nonstop. And they would say, oh, these guys are like priests of the ashram. Yeah, yeah, they look like thugs uh, from the streets. They saw an easy mark coming. And they would do these um, fire ceremonies. So they would build a fire in the middle of the ashram with no exit for the smoke. 
and these dopey North Americans from America and Canada would be inhaling the smoke, and they thought that that was going to cleanse them, cleanse them, you know, as part of a Hindu ceremony. You look at these guys, you knew they weren't priests. They were thugs. They were cleaning out the North Americans. And I would say to them, if I were to light up a cigarette, you would die. You would say, oh, the secondary smoke would kill me. But you're going to inhale that into your lungs and think that that would spiritually cleanse you. How did that make any sense? Again, boy, these are simple questions, man. The meaning of holy moly and holy cow. These are not brain busters. These are not. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are you are very good at chasing pussy and you see I told you he's no he's no see, see Bruce well, what's wrong with you you thought he was an Indian guy from Edison why because there are a lot of Indians in uh, Edison right sometimes you go through the neighborhood in Edison they're cooking up the curry you can say wow and they have the ashrams out there they have the temples out there and that's where Thomas Edison used to stay awake like 20 hours uh, a day and you know how he would stay awake? He would put his legs up on the desk, elevated above his kidneys, so that even though he would be sleeping, the kidneys would start grumbling, and then he'd have to get up and go to the little boy's porcelain palace. I use that trick myself. It works. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Can you believe this? Nobody knows the reason for the term holy cow? I mean, for years, if you were a Yankee fan, how many times would you hear (sighs) Phil Rizzuto say, holy cow? Now, he didn't create that term. But I, I would think this would stimulate your mindset into knowing what the hell holy cow means. And would the Vatican appreciate you using the term holy attached to cow? And by the way, uh, using the term hell, would that be considered sacrilegious? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to uh, Larry, who's calling from the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Larry. Hey, uh, Curtis, first of all, what about Peter Brown, Dance With Me? I'll go for the Triple Crown with all these three questions. And you realize the AM signal goes to the end of the universe. So that guarantees nobody from no other planet is ever going to come here when they hear Leo Gorsi 24 hours a day banging across their planets. All right, first of all, uh, the uh, the treadmill was like the stretching rack. It was a torture thing for prisoners and stuff like that. Like they do to the screeners when I call in. Holy cow, listen. Take me out to the ball game with Harry Carey, right, in the 90s, because he's been gone a while now. Hillary Clinton saying, take me out to the ball game at Wrigley Field. And to torture her, he grabbed her and put a big smack on the side of her face. And he's the one who started the Holy Cow, and Rizzuto picked it up, and away we go. And holy moly to me, Curtis, comes from the King's English. Now, come on, you going to play some Peter Brown dance with me? Um. You get one out of three there. The other two, you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong about holy moly and holy cow. But he nailed it about the treadmill. In fact, in Victorian times, treadmills were used as punishment and to prevent idleness with English convicts condemned to trudge for hours a day. And don't a lot of you feel like that when you're on a treadmill trying to get slim and trim? And do you really believe Harry Reid got attacked by that treadmill and that's why he had to end up leaving the United States Senate until death do he part? 1-800-848-9222. 
Uh, let's go if we can. And Mike in the Bronx, your turn to be heard here on WABC in 2022, Mike. Yeah, first I want to say the guy who used to say, uh, you know, that used to uh, broadcast about the orange juice, uh, He, you forget the phrase. He used to say, come on down, be my guest. And somebody did. They flew down to Florida, stayed at a hotel, and charged it to the guy. In reverse, they got sued. Well, the court decided on the side of the person, uh, you know, that, that, you know, racked up the hotel bill. Because he said, be my guest. Excellent. So he lost that, that case. Excellent. Yeah, so that was, yeah. Jim, that was Jim Dooley for Tropicana Orange Juice, right? Yeah. And the other thing is, is I, I'm looking it up on, on, on Wikipedia and whatnot, and, it, 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 you know, you say holy moly because it's a euphemism, so you don't, you know, insult uh, a Jewish guy. It's supposed to be holy Moses, you know, as an exclamation. But instead, they, they made up other phrases, euphemisms, they're called, and it, it, it came out holy moly. Holy cow is the, a Hindu uh, uh, making fun of a Hindu prayer, okay? And so they say holy cow to make fun of the Hindus and, and their, their prayer to the cows. Now, see, Mike, uh, you got one out of three also, like the previous call. You nailed it. In terms of uh, Jim Dooley getting sued, I had forgotten about that. You were absolutely correct. But you were wrong about Holy Moly, and you were hopelessly wrong about Holy Cow, thinking it's a Hindu, right, about Hindus, their worship of cows. Come on. Hindus worship like 4,000 gods, right? Mostly elephants. Uh, but, the Wow. It's got to be like a Frank Morano audience. Uh, They're a little dense. Uh, We were on a roll there. Remember, we were on a roll. We had a a few callers there who were, like, so cogent. Uh, They were, like, nailing it. And now we seem to have hit the proverbial brick wall. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Virginia in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here on WABC in 2022, uh, Virginia. Curtis, you're a delight. You really are a delight. You're like the best one on ABC. Thank you. Even though Sid thinks he's the best, Sid thinks he's the best, but I love you. Yeah, well, let me tell you about Sid. If Sid had to do five hours of talk radio, it would be all about Sid Rosenberg. Absolutely. I got you. And you're right. But anyway, I wanted to talk about the holy moly. I'm thinking my guess is that it's on the street for OS. I was told I can't say the word, but OS. Ah, okay. You're getting closer. You're getting closer here, Virginia. something that you say on the street. Right, right. No, no, no. You're getting much closer, much closer, as if you stubbed your toe or you nicked. I was just going to say that, Curtis, like if you step on it and you go up. That's right. Or you nicked your shin on a coffee table. You know how hurtful that is. Uh huh. I sure do. Okay. Well, you're you're close, but no, 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 no Victoria Slims for you. No Victoria Slims for you. You're close, but no Victoria Slims cigarette. Our number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. That's one eight hundred eight four eight. W-A-B-C. Hmm. <laughs> I can see that we're really 
dive-bombing you in these brain-busting ways. It forces you to engage because that's what we do here on AM radio, active-minded radio. If Now, if you are listening to FM right now, they're freaking morons, feeble-minded, fornicating madly, free marijuana. You don't want to be an FM veghead. You want to be active-minded. And I know some of you, you love Jeopardy, right? You love Jeopardy. Like Frank Morano and his wife, Rachel. Uh, Bernard McGurk and his wife. And, yes, uh, uh, Russ Salzberg and his wife. You run home. You watch Jeopardy each and every day. I never watch Jeopardy. I never watch. I'm not going to watch the Canadian guy. Unfortunately, he's no longer here. But, no, no, I never watch Jeopardy. Are you crazy? And I never watched the College Bowl. I'm a high school dropout. Why would I want to watch the College Bowl to see young men and young women who are like uh, busting their buttons and bridges with pride? I go to an Ivy League school. You know, I'm a Tiger at Princeton. I'm at Yale. Uh, I'm at Harvard. I'm at Dartmouth. No, 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 no. I'm at Cornell. No, 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 no. Let's go to Steve in Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Steve. All right, Big Curtis, and uh, Happy New Year to all. See, uh, he's getting to our phone screener. Our phone screener must have cauliflower ear. Uh, that's Steve from Manhattan, and normally he tags off his calls with, Go Buchanan, Go Buchanan, Go Buchanan, Go Buchanan. Uh, he got right to our phone screener, man. It's sort of like, <sighs> uh, Let's go to Chris and Beth Page. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Chris. Curtis, uh, holy moly and holy cow, definitely used to come from Robin on Batman, no doubt about it. That's why I used to hear it all the time. He used to say holy moly and holy cow all the time. Phil Rizzuto stole it from Robin. All right, I give you partial credit for that because that's how it was introduced to us as baby boomers, as boomers. And obviously Phil Rizzuto would always say it. You know, he'd act like uh, the New York Yankee at bat. Uh, could have been Tommy Trash, could have been Joe Pepitone. You know, he'd go, holy cow! You know, meantime, it was an infield uh, fly rule. He thought it was a home run in the right field deck. Uh, he'd say, holy cow, but that's not how it was originally derived. And also, Chris, the other question I tagged on to that is, did the Vatican feel that it was sacrilegious to attach the term holy to either holy moly or holy cow? Yeah, I would say it was uh, sacrilegious to say it. and But if you remember, Robin used to say it all the time. He used to say, yeah. holy moly, Batman, yeah. all the time. You're he, absolutely right. He said it. You're absolutely right. And who played Batman? Adam West. And Burt Ward played Robin. That's right, Burt Ward. And I believe Burt Ward, I stand to be corrected, because nobody ever explained where Robin ended up going. Whatever happened to Robin? I mean, uh, you know, he never made it to the movies or whatever, but I used to watch the show all the time in the 60s. Yeah, but, but think about it. Think of- about it. We grew up with Batman and Robin, the comic book. Batman and Robin on TV after school, remember? Kapow! Zingo! Yes. Holy cow! Yes. Holy moly! Holy and then moly. all of a sudden... All the time. Right, and then all of a sudden the movies come along, and I guess... They couldn't audition somebody for Robin because of all the pedophiles who were actors out there. They'd probably be snacking on Robin. Right. I mean, I don't know why they didn't include it. And by the way, the the series was way better than the movies that they made. Way better. Oh, I mean, the series no, was great. No doubt. No doubt. And by the way, I really find it repulsive. 
that they just cut Robin out, who is so important to the whole Batman figure, you know, that whole concept. Robin was the sidekick to Batman, right? No doubt about it. And and, and again, you know, who played Robin? Uh, a stellar performance. Burt Ward. Burt Ward. And you know, Burt Ward was a big cat lover. That's right. And yes, by it, the way, Burt Ward has an IQ of like about 175. He was yeah, a genius, yeah, the guy. That's right. So why did they eliminate the Robin character in these endless Batman movies? Why? Does anybody out there know what happened to Robin? It's the same question I asked about Tony Orlando and Dawn. What happened to Dawn? Now I'm asking, what happened to Robin? The crime-fighting duo, remember? Crime-fighting duo all of a sudden became singular in the movies. And Catwoman? Turned out she was a lesbian, right? Catwoman? Oh, yeah. Did you know that? No, they never told us that. How come they withheld that information from us? We got bamboozled. We were victims of television technology that catered us into the Batman whole Marvel crime-fighting duo with Catwoman occasionally making an appearance. And then all of a sudden, the movies? What happened to Robin? What was he, a person of no consequence? He wasn't a part of it? That would be like eliminating, you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Trinity. Uh, you just get rid of uh, uh, the Holy Spirit. There's no purpose in the Holy Spirit. You say, whatever happened to the Holy Spirit, don't worry about it. You got God the Father and you got Jesus Christ. Be satisfied. I ask the questions. The rest of you, you just roll over. This is what you do with everything in your life. They fool you, they use technology, they bamboozle you, and you don't even bother asking, why should I waste my money going to a movie about Batman when you won't even explain to me what happened to Robin? Can any of you explain what happened to the person who was so integral to the crime-fighting duo? 1-800-848-9222. You think it was Ben Affleck who got rid of Robin? I think so. You know, anybody that would steal, you know, the limelight from Ben Affleck. 1-800-848-WABC. Holy cow! Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. You can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Tramps from Philadelphia. Uh, pump it up there, Bruce. Yeah, I'd be out on the dance floor with my marshmallow shoes, my bell-bottom slacks, and my polyester waffle weave flame retardant shirt, in which you'd be schmitzing everywhere. You'd think they'd make it out of cotton, but no, it was polyester. And I'd be doing the bump, the Patty Duke, the bus stop. Oh, yeah, but the classic, the hustle. Pump it up there, Bruce. Pump it up. And then in August, in the midst of my mayoral campaign, we thought, hey, no more masks. You get the one shot, it's over. 
They lied to us. De Blasio lied to us. Cuomo at that time lied to us. Fauci lied to us. They all lied to us. So I did a burnout. That's right. They lined up all the masks with the tramps in the background. They were singing. Huge crowd. We started burning our masks. I ended up burning. Burning my hand. Ha! Uh, only to find out within a month. Oh, no. Back to the lockdowns. Back to the mandates. All up here in the north, but not in the south. With the dropping of the ball, the welcoming in of the new year. Thank God we're getting rid of Comrade Bill de Blasio. Single-handedly has destroyed the city we love over eight years. You look at New Orleans. You look at uh, Charleston, South Carolina. You look at Atlanta. You look in uh, uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Nobody wearing masks. In indoor facilities, nothing. No separation. Here, fear, fright, hysteria, and hype in the north. Crazy. Anyway, uh, my question was, whatever happened to the crime-fighting duo, at least part of the duo, Robin, eliminated from all the Batman movies. There had to be some kind of strategy to that. Let's see if uh, George in Flushing seems to know. Uh, your turn to be heard here on WABC in 2022, George. Curtis, Happy New Year, Curtis. Thank you, thank you. Bert Ward, he's working with his wife now in uh, infomercials, and he's an entrepreneur now. He sells just right dog food. Wow, I didn't online know that. and everywhere. I did not know that. Yeah, he's selling. He's making a lot of money. Okay. He doesn't need that Batman stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah, but that's not. Come on, come on. You didn't need that Burt Ward as the Robin character in the movies. Look, they've oh, had, no, I didn't they've like had, the O'Donnell kid in there. Come on. They've had multiple uh, Batmans, right? Multiple yeah. actors have played Batman. Why did they eliminate the Robin character? I think because there is such a preponderance of pedophiles in Hollywood. <laughs> That they were concerned about any young teenage uh, boy who might play the role so you could have actually the duo, the dynamic duo crime fighters. I mean, think of that. Yeah, but there there was never anything like that even suggested with Burt Ward and Adam West in the movie, in the the TV show. It didn't look that way. He was his, you know, like he was a ward. It's a little strange. I mean, come on. Come on, George. A little strange. I mean, you know. I mean, here oh, this, the times, man. this kid was living with Batman, you know. No girls. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, George. <laughs> a little strange. You know, look at all these freaky deaky guys. We play their music here. The pedophile brigade. We still play Michael Jackson, that pedophile on a pedestal. R. Kelly, the pedophile on a pedestal. Uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, great balls of fire, pedophile on a pedestal. We, we seem to love pedophile music. Telling you, George, that was probably the restriction is they couldn't keep the Batman adult characters. That was probably a casting couch for the young Robins. one 800 Let's go to John in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here on WABC in 2022, Johnny. Happy New Year, Curtis. And why don't you just show up at Gracie Mansion today and just tell them that mayor. Everybody's so drunk anyway. Anyway. Yeah, Steve from Manhattan, go Buchanan, go Buchanan. He's getting through your phone screen. He's like, he's cutting through you like Swiss cheese. You must have wax in your ears. Why don't you use the Frank Morano cure for wax in your ears? He takes a paper clip. He did a show for like a half hour talking about how he uses a paper clip to get rid of the wax in his ears. 
I mean, you talk about a cringe-worthy half hour of programming. People were probably like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Let's go to Elwood in Elmont. Your turn to be heard here in 2022 on WABC. Yeah, and that's uh, Walter Matthau in the 80s movie. He said it, uh, that holy cow. The cow one, somebody got excited, whoever, whoever said that one. All right, so now let me pin you down on this. Uh, so Walter Matthau, do you remember in which movie he was? Uh, was this Pelham, uh, uh, Pelham 1, 2, 3? Was that the, uh, uh, what movie the was it? The first one. The fir- first one. Okay. And, and in that, he used the term holy moly? That wasn't it. That wasn't it. He was with another guy. They got out of jail or some grumpy old man, and they did it again. The guy called him a gobberone in the end, and he punched him in the grill. Right in the schnoz, right? I don't I don't think that was it. He was with another guy on a boat. He's trying to crack him out of his own stretch and sitting down too long from getting so old. Was that an answer, ladies and gentlemen? What was that? What, what is that, like Parcheesi? What do we got to do? Uh, get our different Parcheesi parts in order to figure out what the answer was there? I never remember Walter Matthau using the term holy moly. Let's go to Marie in uh, Bud Lake, uh, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here on 2022 WABC, Marie. Hi, Curtis. I'm very happy to talk to you. Wow, you're a you're a star. Holy smokes! Well, anyway, now, 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 hold, hold on a second. Now you entered a new term. Where did the term "holy smokes" come from? Oh, holy smokes! Oh, gosh, I don't know. Now, is that considered sacrilegious, uh, along with holy moly, holy cow, and holy smokes? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I wonder if holy cow comes from, uh, um, you know, in, in India, that cows are holy. Yeah, now, you, you wonder, but you don't know, right? No, I don't know. <laughs> so why would you offer to us something you wonder, instead of being uh, specific to the question that I asked, uh, where did the term holy cow come from, holy moly? And now you've introduced uh, into our vernacular, into our lexicon, the new term, holy smokes. Oh, I, I grew up saying holy smokes. We always said holy smokes. And you never bothered to ask an adult or someone you had learned that from? Well, what do we mean well, by holy smokes? It's possible that once upon a time I knew, but uh, I've probably forgotten it by now. Because it wasn't important to you, was it? Well, you know, everything's important to me, pretty uh, much. But this, <laughs> I this, love knowing stuff, I know, so but it's killing me that this, I don't know this. this thing in particular, you forgot. Everything else you remember, you can remember what beauty parlor you first went to. You can remember <laughs> your first bicycle. You can remember <laughs> your first kiss. You can remember all that. But you can't remember... Why you started using the term holy smokes, right? I used it because, well, you know, we were New York people. So, you know, I imagine it's a it's, it's a New York term, the Northeast. But you're not you know. sure. You, you imagine a lot of things here. You imagine it's a New York term. But you just kept saying it over and over. How many years did you use that term, would you say, uh, Marie? Well, I'm 70, so I guess since I could talk. Wow. And you never once scratched your head and said to yourself, why do I keep using that term? Why do other people around me keep using that term? Holy smokes. You really asked the 
questions nobody else ever thinks of asking. I have to say that. Well, yeah, well the others, they're too busy listening to themselves. I, I, <laughs> I got to tell you, there's something to, to, to the world of talk radio hosts and hostesses. Yeah, they, talk radio is, they, is Marie, quite exciting. They don't listen to the callers because they think the callers interfere with their talk time. How many times, Marie, have you seen them go, hey, let's go to the caller. The caller says two words, and they cut them off, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what True. did you bother asking for callers for if you're going to cut them off? Why don't you listen to what the callers have to say? <laughs> no, no, they're too busy. In fact, they'll tell you if, you, if you're really on this slide, they'll probably say, oh, it just interferes with my ability to be heard. I want to be able to pontificate. I want those words tripping from my lips as if we haven't heard the repeat of what they're saying. It's, anything they say we've heard before. But the, but the call is like you. The moment you said, notice, holy smokes, I stopped you. You see that? Now, anyone else? Forget it. They would have went right over their head. You know, they would have said, slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. Get off my phone. <laughs> that that's would have been it. I'm telling well, you, Marie. The, the, the reason I called oh, was... Oh, I thought we got, we got deterred. Yeah, deterred yeah. Oh, no, no, that's okay. I'm fascinated. I'll have to look up Holy Smokes and all of that stuff after I have... Now, by up. the way, if, uh, did you ever smoke cigarettes? No, never. If you did smoke, what what brand would you have smoked? I mean, the panoply of brands out there was Virginia Slims, Paul Mall, uh, Marlboro Reds, Chesterfield Unfiltered, Camel. If, holy Smokes. If, oh, okay. That's right, Holy Smokes. Maybe that's where the term was derived from. Maybe. Or or smoke signals. Right, right. Good. Good. We're on to something. Maybe, maybe. But by the way, if you were to have smoked a cigarette, you never smoked one cigarette in your life? No, never. Wow. No, my my parents didn't smoke and and I didn't smoke. And the original uh, reason for your call as we digress. Oh, okay. Um, Chris O'Donnell. Played Robin in a couple of the Batman movies. Really? Yes, actually, he he was the young man who was in *The Scent of a Woman*, hmm. who did such a beautiful job in that. Oh, you see, I didn't notice that, Marie. You spotted something there. There, <laughs> there was a Robin character in some of the Batman yes. movies. Yes, yes, there was. Why, think... why, why were you the only cogent one to bring this to our attention? All the people sitting at home going, yeah, yeah, whatever happened to Robin? Whatever happened to Robin? <laughs> I don't know. I guess uh, I just uh, I just remembered him. I, I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you that now I'm giving you homework, Marie. Oh, no. You got to find out how the term holy smokes came about and whether the Vatican has a problem with it, considering the use of the term holy before smokes to be sacrilegious. I would hope that they don't. But uh, who knows? You know, maybe it has to do with incense and mass or, or something. Or since I used the comparison to a Vatican papal law. Uh-huh. Maybe when the Cardinals assemble, not the St. Louis Cardinals, but the Cardinals assemble, oh. and they wait for the smoke to go up the chimney to determine yes. who the, the new Pope is, yes. that they all say, holy smokes! <laughs> it's it's the guy who was a bouncer in Buenos Aires, Francis, who loved Che more than Jesus. Right? Well, that could have been. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. But now you give me pause... To think. 
Why didn't I know that there was a Batman character in uh, some of the movies? And none of these shadrules in our studio knew. Not our phone screener, not our board operator. They're all nodding their head going, Yeah, how come there's no Robin in the movies? Why only in the TV series, Burt Ward? Well, you know how everybody is saying, you know, they want IRS agents, uh, the builder back uh, bill? Let me tell you the latest IRS advisory that was issued earlier today. It will knock your socks off as we continue to pulsate on to the 6 o'clock hour, where we're going to continue to stimulate your mind because you're listening to the number one news talk station in the nation, WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Restaurants are closed, nightclubs are closed, as we continue to push mandate after mandate on the people up north. And yet you look down in the south as they welcome in the new year 2022 from New Orleans to Atlanta, to Nashville, to Charleston, South Carolina. No masks, no separation. And you would think, wow, we would have the coronavirus, uh, the new variant, so much more in check. And we don't. We don't at all, ladies and gentlemen. We don't at all. Let me give you an update before we get into this IRS uh, advisory situation. And by the way, uh, I want to strain your brains. According to this uh, Build the Back bill, that the Democrats want Manchin to at least partially get on board with so they can push it through in 2022. How many IRS agents is it calling for to be hired to audit Americans? How many IRS agents? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But, (coughs) whoa, Wow. I nearly choked myself out, and I'm sure a number of you out there were hoping that I would fall on the floor, be choking out like that. And you know something? 
uh, board operator and our phone screener would not come in and give me CPR. They would just let me be like flipping here out of water, just flipping and flopping around, choking out. Remember, remember, think back, it was two weeks ago as I went back into the kitchen. Go ahead, you can pump that up, Bruce. I went back into the kitchen to get myself a cup of coffee in the overnights. And I was wearing my Timberland boots because I wanted to look like a homie, you know, with the straps open. My wife Nancy warning me, hey, you better tie up those straps. You're gonna, you're gonna trip and fall. I said, don't worry about it, Nancy. Well, I tripped and fell in the kitchen. Bang my head, bang my fractured elbow. I was falling, I couldn't get up. Struggling, crawling like a snake on my belly, on its belly, doing a one hand pull up on the door in order to just get up on my feet. Got in here like 10 minutes into the show. As Bruce just kept cranking the music up louder and louder, so they wouldn't have to hear me screaming in the back. I'm falling, but I can't get So what happened during this week? Some of you Eisenheimers out there decided, oh, I'm going to get you that uh, that alert pendant. Except it was the smoke detector. That's right, for carbon monoxide. And uh, you sent it to me here at WABC. What am I supposed to do? Wear it around my neck like Flavor Flav wears that clock of uh, public enemy? What are you, out of your mind? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. I desperately need to know. How many IRS agents are called for in the Democratic legislation, best known as Bill the Back uh, Bill, so that they can audit Americans uh, from uh, New York to California, from North Dakota to Texas? Let's go to Elaine calling from Riverdale. Your turn to be heard here on 2022 on WABC, Elaine. Happy New Year, Curtis. The answer is 80,000. 80,000. Now, let me ask you a question, Elaine. How long have you lived in Riverdale? Mm, since 2011. I was originally born right in front of Central Park. Oh. Now, what? Hospital known as um, Flower Fifth Avenue. All right. Why did you uh, go up the West Side Highway to Riverdale? I'm retired. Uh, okay. I can't take the crowds in Manhattan anymore. I worked practically my entire life in Manhattan. Right, but you're still in the Bronx there, right? Oh, yeah. Now, there's a subway, the last train that uh, runs on the one, 242nd Street. Right, but you can also take that Metro North. Sure. Uh, but now, let me well, ask you a I question, like- uh, Elaine. Why do they refer to it as Riverdale and not the Bronx? What is it about people in Riverdale who don't want to be associated with the Bronx? It's the suburbs of the Bronx. That sounds good, Elaine. The suburbs of the the, Bronx. By the way, I'm the one that uh, recommended that you try the uh, uh, egg cream with raspberry spritz with raspberry. Seltzer. The raspberry seltzer. The the spritz. The spritz. Because you say spritz. If you've ever had the jelly rings, that comes from, um, you know, the dark chocolate-covered jelly rings. Sure. 
My mother used to well, love those. My mother used to love the dark chocolate, dark chocolate jelly rings. I do too. I just ordered some for the holidays. Well, if you are running, if you can remember that smell, that's what it smells like when you uh, bake the cream with the uh, raspberry salsa. It's a delicious taste. Now, are they going to are they going to be are they going to be mailing uh, these items to you, Elaine? Oh yes. All right. Now, on the on the box, is it going to say, you know, underneath uh, Bronx, New York, or Riverdale, New York? Come on, Paris. You know they say Bronx, New York. Oh, <laughs> so it says Bronx, New York on the package that you're going to receive. Yet everybody up there says, "I don't live in the Bronx. I live in Riverdale." That's right. <laughs> I want a unique neighborhood up here. That's why. Oh, a unique neighborhood. I want to find out why everybody up there in Riverdale refuses to say they're residents of the Bronx. When asked, they always say Riverdale. Yet, as Elaine had said, when you get a package sent to you, it says Bronx, New York. It doesn't say Riverdale, New York, does it? Elitism? Being pretentious? You like to flaunt. Oh, I live in Riverdale. Riverdale. That's the Bronx. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-WABC. But I will tell you, uh, uh, that is correct. 80,000 IRS agents would be hired. If the schmuck, the putz, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, majority leader of the Democrats in the Senate, can push through the Build-A-Back bill, 80000 and they're going to scrutinize you for belly button lint. Now, you know, the rich, they're always going to be able to shield their money. The poor, the indigent, they have no money to get taxed. So you know what that means. <laughs> the middle class, the upper middle class are going to get screwed. But let me tell you what came out today. The IRS advisory. This is going to blow your mind. This is from our Internal Revenue Service. Dear Americans, we want to remind thieves, drug dealers, and other criminals that you must report illegal income and pay taxes on it. This is an IRS advisory. Quote, If you steal property, you must report its fair market value in your income. In the year you steal it, unless you return it to its rightful owner in the same year. This is on our taxpayer dime, the IRS. Again, I'll read from the advisory. If you steal property, you must report its fair market value in your income in the year you steal it unless you return it to its rightful owner in the same year. Uh, you think all is forgiven at that point? Or, oh, that's right. Nobody gets arrested for doing anything lately. Then they have a special notation of drug dealers or any other illegal activities. You will have to report your earnings, white-collar insurance fraud, etc. Income from illegal activities such as dollars from dealing illegal drugs must be included in your income on Schedule 1, Form 1040, Line 8Z, or on Schedule C, Form 1040. 
if, in fact, you're self-employed and you're not, I would think, hired by the narco uh, t- terrorists, uh, you know, the Medellin cartel from Colombia, Cali, uh, the Sonola cartel of uh, Pablo Shorty Guzman and the rest of the cartels down there, uh, you have to indicate that you're self-employed. I got to ask this question. Maybe there are some IRS experts out there, or, you know, you uh, uh, you get your taxes done by H&R Block. In fact, you know, the uh, controller of the state of New York, Tom DiNapoli, he was an assemblyman, uh, um, a pisher in the assembly in Nassau County. And it was the uh, Meyer Lansky uh, of the Democratic uh, State Party, uh, the Hyman Roth, Sheldon Silver, who tapped him to replace uh, uh, the crook, Alan Hevesy. Remember how Hevesy went to jail? So they needed a replacement, so they went to Tom DiNapoli. You know how Tom DiNapoli used to have his taxes done? By H&R Block. And then suddenly he becomes the state controller of the state of New York. They have no board. He doesn't have to answer to anybody. The only state in the nation out of all 50 that has no board that he has to answer to. Only in crooked New York. But I want to ask this question of all of you who fill out 1040s, those of you who've worked for the IRS, or those of you who are hoping that the schmuck to punch Chuck E. Cheese Schumer can push through the build the back uh, bill so that 80,000 IRS agents will be hired. Maybe one of you out there who are in need of employment to be able to scan the upper middle class, middle class, lower middle class for belly button land. Can Korea thieves deduct work expenses, you know, like ski masks, crowbars, getaway vans on their tax forms? I mean, look, if you got to report your taxes as a crook, don't you get to itemize and sort of deduct? I mean, it is a work expense, right? Unless you stole it. But a ski mask? I mean, nowadays, you know... You may not need a ski mask because, you know, especially up here, everybody's got to wear one, two, three masks. Not like down in the south where they don't wear masks. But a crowbar? A getaway van? Will you get a deduction if you itemize that on your 1040? Curtis Lee needs to know. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Wilfred in Newark. Your turn to be heard here in 2022 on WABC, Wilfred. Yes. Yeah, I thought they must have dropped it down 5000 because it was 85000 a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. No, no, I'll take your word, Wilfred. Uh, maybe Elaine was off by 5000 So let's assume you're correct. 85,000 IRS agents would be hired if Schumer can push through the build-the-back uh, bill. But did you know that the IRS has issued an advisory in which they're telling criminals uh, that they have to report their ill-gotten gain? Yeah, I heard you saying that, but uh, that's kind of ridiculous. If you stole something, why are you going to report it? Because nobody gets arrested nowadays. <laughs> nobody. Oh, well, up to a certain point, right? Uh, maybe murder. You know, maybe yeah. maybe if you walked into the precinct and you had a shiv underneath your uh, rib, <laughs> you know, somebody might get arrested for that. But other than that, nobody gets arrested for nothing. Oh, yeah. yeah, almost $1,000 in California to get arrested for stealing. Oh, that's right. And that's, uh, that's the smash and grab capital of America. Now, which part of Newark do you live in, Wilfred? 
I live up here on Crete. That's Irvington, Newark, right? There's sure, sure. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in Irvington. That used to be uh, a German-American air, uh, area. I think the theater downtown used to be called the Zeppelin Theater in Irvington. Uh, then there's East Orange, obviously Newark, South Orange Avenue. I'm very familiar with that area. Wilfred. Were you born and raised in Newark? Yes. What high school? What high school did you go to? Central High. Oh, Central High! You didn't go to the high school uh, Barringer uh, up near the cathedral, did you? Oh no! At that time, I lived on uh, Burnett Street, which you know was around the corner from Central High. See, the benefit was if you went to Barringer High School, you should you could shoot somebody, kill them in the hallways at Barringer, go across the street to the cathedral, and confess to the crime. It was only like uh, a thousand feet away. Really? Yeah. I know they, I know they had that guy there one time, and they were protecting it there. I forget his name. Oh, that's uh, that's Tony Imperiali. Yeah, Imperiali. Right, right uh, of the North Ward, Boomfield Avenue. Uh, oh, yeah, those were right, those, right. those were rough and tough guys, man. During the riots, uh, they put a line. You didn't cross that line in Bloomfield Avenue near St. Lucie's, the Columbus <laughs> Project. You remember all that? Yeah, yeah. I was in It was big deal. People was, we used to stay away from uh, That's that, right. And I remember his uh, his combatant was Leroy Jones, a.k.a. Amiru Baraka. Oh, yeah. Whose son is now the mayor of Newark. Oh, he's... See? Yeah, well, See, you're getting, a, you're getting a history lesson here, Wilfred. Me, I'm telling you, do you know one time, Wilfred, that Newark, New Jersey had more Cadillac dealerships than even Detroit, Michigan. Oh, yeah, I know it was uh, the expressway to New York. But, like, I lived right around, well, about four blocks from the uh, Newark Library. So I grew up at that library, and that's a beautiful library. (laughs) No, it is. It is. Absolutely. I'm telling you, uh, Newark was a mini New York uh, City, uh, broad in market. You had all the department yep. stores there. WABC. Isn't that why, why, no. why Washington Street was a, it was a one-way? Yes. A big street? Yes. And then our station, WABC, started as WJZ almost 100 years ago at the old Westinghouse plant, which I think was near Down Neck. You know where Down Neck is, uh, yeah, not far yeah. from Ironbound. Westinghouse. Right, and they made the radios, uh, but they, they said, we need a radio station. So they created WJZ, which eventually became WABC. And in order to broadcast, they put a ladder on the side of the factory down neck, and you would, you would crawl up the ladder as a broadcaster, and they had the chicken coop on top of the Westinghouse factory. That was the radio station. Really? <laughs> yeah, that was like... <laughs> Those are the memories, right? Yeah, I remember that. See, I, I, I left for a while. I went to California for 15 years. Oh, which part of Cali? Oh, I was, I was a telephone contractor then, so I was oh, so, around. Oh, so they had you all over the state of California. Why'd you come back to uh, Newark? Oh, I was in California, Texas, New York State. I was all over. Wow, you came back to your roots. Well, my, yeah, because my... Family's here. They were all my brother. Wow, wow. Well, I, I appreciate it. We went down memory lane in Newark. You see now, let me ask you a question. Come on, let's be honest. Could any of the hosts or hostesses here at WABC take you down memory lane in Newark? Come on. You think Sid and Bertie, they'd be, they'd be trouble to find Newark on a map, right? 
Uh, let's see who else we got. Oh, we got a whole bunch. Of Greg Kelly, right? Machine Gun Kelly, no. Even my Kumbada Chich, Rudy Giuliani, no, ain't going to happen. Uh, Dominic Carter, my brother in solidarity, no. Rita Cosme, no. Uh, Frank Morano, uh, let me tell you about Frank Morano. So, I'm working at AM 970, the answer, four years. I, I'll never get back in my life. A complete waste. I'm doing morning drive out of Hackensack. No, excuse me, Hasbrook Heights, a placebo city. I don't think anybody lives in Hasbrook Heights. So I do the morning show there, and then I have to get on New Jersey Transit, head all the way back to the Port Authority because I had to do afternoon drive out of the Pennsylvania Hotel. I did two drives. The only person who ever heard me on AM 970 in four years was Rich Valdez because he he lived right next to the tower there in New Jersey. Only person to ever say, oh, I heard you. So I finish a four-hour shift, right? And I have to go up to the boulevard. They say, well, how do I catch New Jersey Transit back to the port? Go up to the boulevard. What boulevard? What's the name of the boulevard? It's called Boulevard. That tells you enough. Then in the early morning, I would come into the Lautenberg Station. I'd be taking uh, New Jersey Transit in from Penn Station. So one morning, Frank Morano, my producer, is going to pick me up. He's coming in from Staten Island. 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm calling Frank every 10 minutes. Where are you, Frank? I can't find you. He's going round and round the Lautenberg Station. You could never miss the Frank Lautenberg Station. He was lost for half an hour going round and round and round until finally he said, I'm just taking a cab. I got to Hasbrook Heights before he did. Man, I don't know when it comes to directions, that guy. Thank God they created a GPS. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Our friend on uh, from Newark. We had a nice discussion about Newark with him, even though he left uh, for a few years to Cali, Cali in Texas. Came back to his roots. See this song? Play that jam up there, Bruce. So I'm in the Club Zanzibar, downtown Newark. I mean, I was the only white guy there. The only white guy there with the platform shoes, bell-bottom pants, polyester waffle weave, flame retardant shirt, you know, the schmitz flying. And I mean, I was getting down on the dance floor. And the brothers were saying to one another, where the hell is that guy from? He's from New York. Oh, New York. All right. Beat don't fail me now. I had to run all the way to Penn Station in downtown Newark and catch that path train. The doors closed before they were going to turn me into a speed bump. But, oh, man, I had glide to my stride on the dance floor of the Club Zanzibar. Who remembers the Club Zanzibar and the old Lincoln Motel? Oh, yeah, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. That's where Ed Koch used to send the homeless people. He'd give them money and say... We, we, we just booked your rooms in the Lincoln Hotel. 
1-800-848-9222. Let's go to uh, Pamela, who's calling from Central Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Pam. Hi. Um, yeah, I just wondered, those new tax laws, does that include a write-off for workman's comp when injured while committing a robbery? <laughs> Pam, let me let me recap for our listeners, some of whom may have been uh, half in the bag or stangad uh, when I first brought this subject up a few moments ago. There is a brand new IRS advisory out for the new year to remind thieves, drug dealers, and other criminals that they must report their illegal income and pay taxes on it to Uncle Sam. So you're asking, uh, can they take off uh, for workman's compensation? Yeah, yeah, well, you know. Well, well, no, 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 hey, look. That could, that I mean, could happen in the uh, committing a robbery. You know, you get injured. You you got to uh, pay your, if you're head of a gang, you got to pay, you know, workman's comp to your employees. Yeah, well, let's uh, think that maybe they're doing a home invasion and they fall through the skylight, you know, which is in a lot of older buildings uh, in downtown Newark. They still have the skylight. And as they're breaking in, they fall through the skylight and they like bust themselves up. So you're right. Would they be entitled to workman's compensation? Because that's their job doing home invasion. And, and then first you'd have to sue homeowners and then you'd get workman's comp. <laughs> And then remember, I asked, could you deduct your work expenses like ski masks, crowbars, and getaway vans on your tax form, your 1040? Right, right. So with all these write-offs, you know, you probably won't owe anything. That's brilliant of you, Pamela. Very cogent of you, Pamela. Very cogent (laughs) of you. 1-800-848-9222. I kid you not. I am not pulling your chains and chewing your B- BVDs, your Fruit of the Loom, or your bloomers. The IRS has informed all criminals, including those who have just done smashing grabs, that they have to report their ill-gotten gain to the IRS. They claim they're not going to report you to the gendarme, to the police, uh, to county police, city police, state police, the feds. You just got to pay your taxes on it. Now, would you believe that? I would. They don't only care about getting their money. They don't care if you're the biggest crook in the world. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Freddie out in Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here. 2022 here on WABC, Freddie. Happy New Year, Curtis. And you too, Fred. I'm originally from Canarsie. Just to let you know. Uh, the whole world is from Canarsie in my yeah. mind. Um, you were talking about that silly thing the IRS put out. But you seem to forget that they got Al Capone for tax evasion. That's right. The Treasury agents, if you watch the original Untouchables, remember with Stack, who played right. the, uh, the head of the Treasury agents. Uh, it's, on the- every, it's on every weekend for like six hours. <laughs> and do you know... Uh, who was able to get Ford Motor Company not to advertise on the TV show, The Untouchables? Uh, no. Okay, a long time ago, uh, there was the Italian-American Civil Rights League set up by Joe Colombo. Joe Colombo, that's right. Uh, and they went and they started picketing outside the Ford Motor Company's office. Uh, I forget where it was in Manhattan. They had about 100 Gabons out there. She had the rules, knuckle draggers, saying, oh, just because you have a vowel at the end of your name, it doesn't mean you're a member of uh, La Cosa Nostra or the Mafia. And do you know the Ford Motor Company withdrew 
They're advertising to one of the greatest TV shows of all time, um, uh, The Untouchables. I never knew that. That's interesting. Yeah. Wasn't that, wasn't that a great show? And then they had the, remember the, uh, uh, the politically correct Sicilian, one of the agents was a cheech in a zip, remember? That's correct. Oh, but you know what was great in that show was the guy that played uh, Frank Nitti. I think his name was Gordon. Was it Bruce Gordon? Yeah, I think did. his name was Bruce Gordon. He played Frank Nitti. He was great. Yeah, in fact, you never saw Capone. All you saw was Frank Nitti. Why do you think that was? No, there wasn't Al Capone. It was Neville Brand. Hmm. Neville Brand, they had a couple of shots at him in prison. I, I know, but it was really most of the time when they when they would show the commission, it was uh, really Frank Nitti would be sitting at the table. That's correct. Just one other sidelight. You were mentioning um, Tony Orlando and Dawn. Uh, one of the girls that uh, was in Dawn became an actress. I think her name was Telma Hopkins, and she did bit parts on some uh, on some uh, situation comedies for a couple of years in the eighties. But I got to tell you, uh, Fred, I am uh, so totally upset that uh, every Saturday night when I listen to uh, Tony Orlando, as I will be listening later on tonight, and I'm going to come on right after him from 12 midnight to 5 in the morning, I always ask that same question. What the hell ever happened at dawn? And then do you know, Fred, that apparently a few weeks back he interviewed Dawn on his show and I was oblivious to that? I didn't know that. That's interesting. My my wife used to love Tony Orlando. Um, he, his first record was something, Bless Me or Bless You, something like that. She loved that song. Now, Tony Orlando, Greek kid, grew up on 21st Street, Hell's Kitchen, between 7th and 8th in a tenement. Uh, George Carlin grew up in West Harlem, I believe in a tenement also. What did both of those men have in common? What did they both do that strengthened them when they were growing up uh, in the 50s? I couldn't even guess. I posed that question out there, Fred. I figured if anybody knew it, you were so good, so astute, so cogent in terms of your answers about... I'm a Canarsie boy. That's right. Where did you grow up in Canarsie? East 94th Street. All right, 94th and where? Uh, between... Um, uh, uh, M and C view. Okay, M and C view. All right, you no, are. Oh no, M and N. M and N. M and N. All right, M and N. Uh, do you remember? I lived around, my grandmother lived around the corner from um, Reinhardt's Bakery. Remember oh, that? Oh, Reinhardt's. Yeah, you weren't too far from uh, uh, from Avenue M and Rockaway Parkway, Grabstein's. Correct. And do you know what was further up on Avenue N and Rockaway Parkway? A lot of people don't realize it. The Bamboo Lounge. That was, oh, the BS. That's right. It was featured in Goodfellas. They made it seem like it was in Ozone Park or somewhere out there near the conduit. No, it was right on Avenue N. They torched the Bamboo Lounge right there. My mother almost got picked up there. <laughs> funny. You got time for a funny story? Yeah, of course. She got picked up. What, was she a barmaid? No, 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 no. She she went out to a a, a bridal shower with a bunch of women her age. So they all go to the Bamboo Lounge for a pop at like 4 in the afternoon on a Sunday. And there's a guy tried to pick her up. Oh, a wise guy, because wise guys used to hang out there like you wouldn't believe, the Lucchese boys. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, Paulie Vario's boys, right from the Goodfellas. It was right there in Canarsie. Yep, yep, I remember that. And now, did you go to PS 115? 
I went to PS 115 and I went to Tilden High School. Oh, Tilden. That's where my mom's went. Tilden on King's Highway. Uh, what was Who was Tilden's greatest uh, um, foe in football? Wow. Tilden High School's greatest foe. I know. Now, where they played it? every Thanksgiving. Every Thanksgiving. No, no. Where, who was their biggest foe? Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Oh, oh, the, the, the coach, Mo. Mo. We hated Jeff. Yeah. We hated Jeff. Oh, they were a powerhouse, though. They were yeah. a powerhouse. Uh, uh, did you go to uh, Tilden when Al Slim Shady Sharpton was the student government president? No, but I ran into Sharpton at a uh, Chinese restaurant on the corner of Flatbush and Flatlands. <laughs> at a Chinese restaurant? He came in. He must have been about 400 pounds. <laughs> he, he had a gray sweatshirt, and he had a... Um, he had a gold medal the size of a paper plate. Oh, yeah, that was the Martin Luther King uh, gold medallion he used to rock around his neck, remember? Right, right, right. Whatever right. happened to that gold medallion? Did he take it to the – did he hock it? You know, I don't know. All I know, he's living in a $5 million apartment. So. Yeah, yeah, oh, no. And remember when Bloomberg was the mayor? He used to get an envelope every month, $10,000 in cash, got old, so that there was no, no justice, no peace demonstrations. I'm telling That's you, true. not with Rudy. Remember, the day Rudy was elected, every day Sharpton was out there. No justice, no peace. Demonstration day sure. Bloomberg gets elected, $10,000 in an envelope once a month. Amazing. Anyway, Amazing. The, those are great memories of Canarsie. Uh, I'm telling you. You, you mentioned Grabsteins. Let me tell you a quick aside. Yes, of course. Of um, course. Do you remember a, a gang called the L Boys? Yeah, Avenue L boys. My my, okay. uh, some of my cousins were Avenue L boys, and then it was the Canarsie Bebops. Okay, one of the I ran into one of the L boys. Maybe I'm retired now, about seven or eight years, and uh, I ran into this guy at a bar right across the street from the Board of Elections on Lower Broadway in Manhattan. And uh, I'm from Canarsie. You're from Canarsie. Oh, I was an L boy. The guy is worth maybe twenty million dollars. He has one of the largest insurance agencies in the city of New York. He writes insurance for uh, a business insurance. He worked his way up. He lives out in Tottenville right now. He's a great guy. And his father was a, uh, a waiter at Grabstein's. Ah. Small world. Very small world, although I'll tell you this much about Canarsie. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, Fred. Uh, incoming mayor sworn in this evening in Times Square. Eric Adams has appointed as his chief of staff. Frank Carone from Canarsie, the Thomas Jefferson Club, 92nd and Conklin, which produced criminal after criminal. Meet Esposito, went to jail. Clarence Norman, went to jail. Vito Lopez, perv, thief, should have went to jail, but dropped dead. And Frank Carone, he's going to be the gatekeeper, the chief of staff from Canarsie. I know, I know where everyone's bones are buried and who buried them. I can't believe he chose this guy. Man, it's like, it's going to be crime time. Let me just say about Frank Caron. If he does die, it'll be for greed. Like every other Democrat in that Thomas Jefferson club there all through the decades. Going back to Tony Genovese, Stanley Fink, who was the assembly speaker, all bunch of crooks. In fact, it was, um, I'll never forget as a kid, you know, I was all enlightened, the age of Camelot. I thought the Democrats couldn't do any wrong. I'm outside the Thomas Jefferson Club. I had to do a term paper. I forget, for fifth grade, Jungle Jenny Wilson, PS 114. And there's a congressman named Brosco outside, and he's getting shook down by a guy who's got his, 
a construction firm was screaming at the U.S. congressman because he didn't fix these construction tickets. Meantime, Congressman Brasco goes to jail. That's right, federal prison for mail fraud later on. That was the Thomas Jefferson Club. Hey, that's the new chief of staff, Frank Caron. Let me tell you, when he dies, agree, they'll have a nice wake. Probably at Guarino's right there on 92nd and Flatlands. Across from uh, the really Fillmore real estate. Uh, everybody will pay respects. But the guy is so crooked. When they try to bury him in the Canarsie Cemetery or whatever cemetery he has, a plot or a mausoleum, uh, they'll have to get a black and decker power drill and drill him into the ground. Remember, Curtis Lewa. That should be the tagline here at WABC. He knows where the bones are buried and who buried them. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. I hate this song. I hate, get rid of this song, Bruce. Oh, my God. Get this out of here. You don't want me I'm going to end up wretched. It's a horrible song. It ain't my song. I don't know which host or hostess chose anything. Oh, please. Oh, God. That bubblegum. Bubblegum music. Hate it. Anyway, I've been asking questions all morning long as we steam our way to the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, we got holy cow, holy moly, holy smokes. How did those words come about, become part of our normal vernacular? And was the Vatican upset because they felt the use of the term holy uh, as the first word was, in fact, sacrilegious? Let's go to Betty, who's calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard on WABC here in 2022, Betty. Yes. Uh, I think the uh, holy cow was from Sodom and Gomorrah. And maybe Moses is the holy moly. Okay. Well, no, no, no. That sounds like it could be close. Uh, Betty, because uh, the heathens did worship the golden calf. Remember that? And um, who was it that looked back and was turned into that whole statue of salt? Oh, uh, was it the wife of... uh, Ah, you see. uh, uh, You see. uh, (laughs) Betty, uh, I got you, Betty. uh. Who who ended up... They said, don't turn back, don't look. You turn into stone. That's right. Turn, I think, into salt stone, I think, if correctly. But, Betty, Betty, you're very astute, uh, very close to holy cow. It's not Phil Rizzuto's term. He pimped it uh, off of history. Uh, but, again, close, close. No cigar, although I have a feeling, Betty, you did not smoke Cohibas or Monte Criscos or even the noblest cigars growing up. Am I correct, Betty? Oh, I smoked Lucky Strike. Oh, Lucky Strikes! Oh, that was like my my Uncle Jimmy smoked Lucky Strikes. Lucky Strike Strikes Back. Remember, Betty? Yes, yes. How many? And I'm oh. 88 years old. Oh, 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 my. How did you survive that? How many years did you smoke Lucky Strikes? Oh, about 30. Uh, no, 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 no. About 20. Okay. And how many packs a day would you smoke? Well, I used to smoke in this at work. And and home, Uh, one, maybe one. One, and what did it cost you back then, uh, a pack? pack Oh, uh, 25 cents. (laughs) Now, it's like $17 if they even have Lucky Strikes. 
Uh, I know. But uh, I listen to you every day that you're on. And I can uh, commiserate with you on where I've lived. I've lived in Bensonhurst, Borough Park, uh, Florida, uh, Rhode Island. uh, what, uh, What high school did you go to, Betty? New Utrecht. New Utrecht. Worst football field I ever played on. Yeah, but they were the only one that had a swimming pool. Ah, that's right. Swimming pool. And I'm thinking of swimming pools that I've seen before. Up on Gun Hill Road? That's right. What high school on Gun Hill Road had an Olympic-sized swimming pool? And then there was there was Teddy Roosevelt High School, uh, right there on Fordham Road, not far from where I managed the McDonald's, where I started the Guardian Angels as a night manager in 1979. They had an Olympic-sized swimming pool. And I ask all of you this question, because at Brooklyn Prep, where I went to Jesuit High School, where in my senior year, the Jesuits shined their boots on my backside, kicked me to the curb, and I never looked back. We had a pool there. And like once a week, uh, you know, for Jim, you had to hit the pool. And how come the brothers and the priests would make you take, uh, you couldn't wear swimming trunks. You had to swim nude. They claimed, you know, hey, well, because, you know, so many guys in the pool, uh, you know, uh, it would cause a, a problem. Problem. I think they were all pedophiles. That's what I think. They wanted to see young boys in the pool. How many of you went to public schools and jumped in the pool? Didn't your pool instructors tell you you couldn't wear swimming trunks? Nothing. I think they were weird. I think they were freaks. And I think they made that up, that you couldn't wear swimming trunks because it would it would cause a problem in the swimming pool. What? Chlorine solved all. You could put bricks of chlorine in the pool like they did. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to the phones. It's Irving calling from Midwood, which produced our own Sid Rosenberg, who rejoins, rejoins Bernard McGurk uh, Monday morning at 6. Uh, go for yours, Irving. Evander Childs, Curtis. Evander Childs. Very good. That's Steve from Manhattan. Go Buchanan. Go Buchanan. But he is correct. Evander Childs. Gun Hill Road. Got to give him credit for that. Let's go to Corey. Manhattan Beach, where you can't park on the side streets. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Corey. Curtis, you're the man. Um, They would make you swim naked. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, no, no. The, the Jesuits, they say, oh, you know, it's pool. You got to swim naked. And I know they did that in some public schools, too, when they had pool class. They would make the young men take their trunks off and swim buck naked in the pool. Yeah, I, I went to poly prep. And I know before my time, they had some issues over there. Oh, my, no, no, my, that football coach there. Who? He was from pedophile uh, hell. Before that's before my time, and that was a, uh, you know, it, it hurt me to find that out. But yeah, yeah. Well, look, look. Every we, he brags about it. Sid Rosenberg went there. Arthur Idala, his buddy, went there, and uh, uh, Tapioca Head, his other friend, uh, the lawyer, went there. Well, Sid got booted, so uh, he ended up having to go to Yeshiva or something else. Oh, Booker boy, because, huh? Yeah. And he said that the yeshiva kids were much more degenerates than poly kids. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think Sid is like uh, That's what he he's, pulling you, he's pulling you. He's pulling you. Yeah, pulling your BVDs and fruit of the loom. 
By the way, he uh, went to Manhattan Beach there, Kingsboro Community College. You see, uh, right there at the end of Manhattan Beach. I want to know why you can't park on the side streets at Manhattan Beach. You think that's a little prejudicial? Huh? They don't want people outside of Manhattan Beach parking, parking on the side streets. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's see if we can go to uh, Jimmy in Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jimmy, in 2022. Ciao, Cugino. Come inside. All right. Thank God. Happy New Year to you and your beautiful wife and all your little kitty cats. You're asking what happened to Burt Ward, right? Yeah, Burt Ward, the uh, Batman. Well, I, want to, I want to ask you a question, my dear friend. Whatever happened to Baby Jane? Ah, Baby Jane. That's right. I don't know, Baby Jane, Joe Crawford, and Betty Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby Jane. That's not, now she, she, she wasn't part of the Mary Jane girls. Uh, <laughs> no. no, 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 not part of the Mary, Mary Jane girls. <laughs> hey, listen, Curtis, can I say something? May I say something? Of course, of course, Jimmy. And this comes, really, all joking aside from the hut. Um, I was on the phone with you when beautiful Francesca was called home to the angels. Yes, yes. And... Um, I'll never forget uh, how beautiful we spoke. And you know what? 38 years old, my cousin, we buried today. And uh, he had the shot two days ago. Mm. Nothing sick. No, no COVID. None of that crap. Nothing wrong with the boy. Mm. 38 years old, six foot two, handsome as the day is long. Took a shower. The dad picked him up. My cousin Jojo from work came home, took a shower. He said, all right, dad, I'm going to bed. My cousin Vincent tried to wake him up in the morning. Five hours later, he was ice cold. Wow. Yeah, that, so, you know. And no underlying, really, no underlying conditions. Curtis, on, on my heart, not, nothing. I nothing. And my friend's teacher, who's a para, her daughter, 11 years old, went to the doctor. She had pains in the stomach. The doctor said, oh, you're fine, little gas. 11-year-old kid with gas. The kid never woke up, but she had the shot. Wow. Two days, three days before. Wow. Wow. So I don't understand what they're doing to us. And that thing you said about the IRS and the other thing you said about the uh, the, 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 the thieves uh, report to the IRS. Yeah, yeah, you got to report your ill-gotten gain to the IRS. Yeah, but I don't understand what kind of, what, what state? Did you see everybody all over? I'm listening to you all night. Well, you know, if the I'm listening, I see the, everybody, Fox News and Nashville down here, everybody's smiling, laughing. There's a life over here. They're putting us in the crypt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's know, what I said. New Orleans, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, Nashville, Miami. Nobody's wearing any masks. Nobody. They, I know. So what's uh, so what's up over here? Well, it must, over it, here? They, they probably say the air down there is different, right? You know, come on. They want to keep us. They want to put their jack boots on the back of our neck and basically keep us servile to them. Let's go to Ray in Morristown. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Ray Ray. Hey, Yak Tampon. Hey, I know what happened to Harry Reid. If you remember way back when that he wanted to stop those uh, farm boys and ranchers out there for that cattle grazing out over there. It wasn't the suit and tie guys that worked over Harry Reid. It was them farm boys. You know, Curtis, from... Jimmy Sterland, you don't mess with them farm boys up there. 
Oh, in Florida, New York, Jimmy Stir, Irish uh, guy who led the world, most famous Polish polka band. How come it wasn't a Polish guy? How come it was an Irish guy, Ray? I don't, I couldn't tell you that. Florida, you know what you. Florida, New York is known for? Black dirt country. The, Pole, the Polish farmers, they grow those 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 uh, those onions that are, that are world-renowned. That's right. And One of them a day, and, a, and you don't need a doctor. That's right. And by the way, when the Colombo crime family was, uh, was uh, when the, the 5-0, the cops were getting on the Columbos, they fled up to Florida, New York. Did you know that, Ray? No, I did not. Yeah, right across hey, Jersey. You don't, hey, Curtis, yes, yes. If, you don't be- yes, yes. if you don't believe me, go call Geraldo Rivera when he went up there and tried to spew some fake news when he worked for Channel 7 News. Mm. When back, back in the day where Roseanne Scamardello and Bill Butel and Roger Grimsby, what happened, at, what happened to Geraldo? He's lucky he didn't get skinned alive. Yeah, Ray, I remember Bill uh, Bill Butel, right? But there was also uh, the weather guy. You remember? Half in the bag all the time, huh? Yeah, but, hey, he'd look out the window and tell you you're getting three to five inches of snow, and you got three to five inches of snow. <laughs> Not with all this Doppler radar, and they don't even know if it's going to rain. <laughs> and, by the way, you see those guys between newscasts, they go to the local gin mill, their eyes should be rolling in their head when they come back for the 11 o'clock news. Yeah, that's oh, what I'm talking about. Excellent, excellent. That's good, good memory recall. You see, you see, this is, this is the difference. The way I do talk radio is different than anyone else. It's a stream of consciousness. He started talking about Harry Reid. Then he talked about Eyewitness News, Geraldo Rivera, Bill Butel, then we talked about Florida, New York, Jimmy Stir, wise an Irishman in charge of the world's most famous Polish poker band. And then when the Colombo crime family, the heat was on, where did they hide out? Florida, New York. And what is most uh, known about Florida, New York? The black dirt country, the Polish farmers who make those onions. Where else are you going to get talk radio like that, right? No, no, somebody else. Oh, let me interview this guest. The guest has it all written down. He just, he or she repeats it. It's the amen caller. You know, the person, the host, the hostess agrees with the guest. The guest agrees with the host. The callers agree with everyone. And God forbid, one person talks more than 30 seconds. They cut him off because, oh, it'll cut into the host, the hostess's talk time. If all I had to do is just... Actually, intro, callers, and if they were cogent, I could go out, have a sandwich, walk around the block, come back, and the caller would still be talking. That's great talk radio. Anyway, let's go to Jesse calling from New Rochelle. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Jesse. Curtis, everyone's drunk. Move. Hey, phone screen. It is Steve from Manhattan. Go Buchanan, go Buchanan. He, he's got the Jones for you. Uh, I guess uh, uh, is he giving you a little side action, uh, throwing you a, a little coin. <sighs> Let's go to Tommy in Canarsie. Uh, it's a Canarsie night here, Tommy. Yes, thank you very much. You know, I have a story I'm relating to it. That woman come on. She was talking about the blockbusters. Now, I had an encounter with with them twice, a good one and a, and a bad one. Which one you went first? 
All right, so this is Blockbuster where you used to go uh, rent your videos, right? Uh, no. Well, we are on Avenue L. They thought they were going to get in with um, somebody thought that they were so stupid. If you think where you're going to get, you're going to try to wind up like this alone, you know? <laughs> or so, yeah. oh, they, went, they went right over your head. Here we go. Let me go. Your head. Go, take a breath here. go ahead. Go ahead, Tommy. Go ahead. Tommy. This is one. Tommy Ungro. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy. It's, uh, this is the Thank real you. Tommy, huh? Thank you, my man. Oh, okay. Now I got to show respect. It's Tommy. It's not any Tommy. It's Tommy. All right. Go ahead. I broke ice. Uh, Okay, so so what you call it, broke ice. So, okay, um, we're on on black, black, black party. Tommy's uh, fumbling and stumbling. Hey, you got to show respect for Tommy. In the, in the day, right, on Avenue L, right by the movie theater, on one side, the Lucchese's, the other side, the Gambino. Hey, Tommy, he had the juice. But I thought he was talking to Blockbusters. Remember, that's where you got your videos from, right? Do you know the location of the only Blockbuster that's left in the world? Ladies and gentlemen, for a Curtis Sleewell booby prize, don't ask, don't tell. I throw nickels around like manhole covers. Uh, I, in fact, will send to you a charge key. I'll wrap it up with a lot of scotch tape and send it to your COD, cash on delivery. If you guess where the only remaining black blockbuster video rental store that is left in all of the United States. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And up next, uh, we gotta call, we gotta talk about Jeffrey Epstein. People say he's dead. Yeah, get out of here. My quantum he's dead. And his home slice, Ghislaine Maxwell. And the feds were sitting on so much information that we should have learned in a trial. And is she going to try to make a deal or is she going to mysteriously end up room temperature because of all the whales, all the important people that she could uh, sully their reputation for life if she decides to tell the truth? New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Organizing the Guardian Angels up in Buffalo. 
They said, hey, let's go out to Orchard Park. I said, I don't want to look at Bill's stadium out there. That's where OJ played back then as a Buffalo Bill. I said, no, no, that's where Rick James has his estate. So we drove out there, Rick James, the Mary Jane girls. And guess who his guest was? Eddie Murphy, who had that one-hit wonder. Uh, yeah, Eddie, save it for the shower store. Uh, you got to see if you can find that, Bruce. The, uh, the one-hit wonder, uh, Eddie Murphy, as he was schooled by Rick James, uh, you know, with the greasy. Oh, my God. I don't know what he used, the process in his hair. He had the jerry curls, the whole nine yards. And, I mean, he was a cocaine freak. Rick James, out of the projects of Buffalo. And he had the Mary Jane girls, remember? Remember that, ladies and gentlemen? See, you see that? I mean, it just keeps coming. That's why this is a stream of consciousness. We don't have a guide. We don't have a divining rod. We don't have a, oh, let's talk about the headlines. Get out of here. Get somebody else to do a show like that. Been doing this 30 years. This is far more interesting. This is personal talk radio. This is the most intimate form of communication that has ever existed. You know about me. You then end up telling us about you. We end up discussing issues that immediately light people up because this is active-minded radio. Not FM, which stands for freaking morons, feeble-minded, fornicating madly, and free marijuana. By the way, Bruce, uh, let's play that cut from the woman in Wisconsin calling up Frank Morano when he was not half in the bag like he's been this weekend. What, at his wine and cheese affair, his fromage, uh, and his wine affair there in Atlantic City? And remember what she told Frank Morano? Sarah is in Wisconsin. Sarah, let me hear your prediction for 2022. Hello, Frank. Well, first of all, your show, it has to do with programming at WABC. Your show will remain because you have the best show on, on WABC mm. by far. And I just started listening to you in March, and I love you. But my prediction is that in 2022, you will remain but the entire staff will be replaced by Curtis Sliwa. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Never, you, you have to understand, never heard of Curtis Sliwa other than your, your show when he was running for mayor. So I had no idea, really, what he was. And, of course, now I know exactly what he is. <laughs> I tell you, Sarah, that might be one of the more accurate predictions that we've heard from anybody. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm going to be like a Pac-Man 2022, as much airtime as I can get. Remember, when I failed to become mayor of the city of New York, you see with Eric Adams being sworn in tonight, five days later, John Katsimatinas, our owner-operator, talk show host in his own right, said, hey, I want you back on WABC because ABC, the acronym, stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis. He gave me a 30-year no-cut contract, which would mean... If I uh, can supersede uh, a cat's nine lives, because I've already used up eight of them, I can be broadcasting here, the number one news talk station in the nation. It's heard in 38 states, parts of Canada, in Europe, and yes, even some sailors, when caught in the Bermuda Triangle between the Bahamas and Bermuda, when going down to Davy Jones's locker, were heard their last words saying, I just was listening to Frank Morano on the other side of midnight from 1 to 5, Monday through Fridays. Yeah, I can't get enough of this good stuff, talk radio. But this is the kind of talk radio I like to do. 
not I owe guests, the guest, I agree with the guest, and then the callers agree with me, and then all of a sudden there's an adversarial caller that cut him off after two seconds because the host or the hostess thinks that they, they have words that are going to drip from their lips that are so important. Nah, they're not important. This is theater of the mind. This is entertainment, first and foremost. Anyway, I had asked a question before we went out, before the top of the hour. I said, where is the last existing blockbuster in America? The blockbuster being the video rental outlet that we grew up with. If it wasn't firebombed out by the mob that was trying to muscle in their own video rental outfit. Anyway, let's go if we can. To Jeannie in Queens, your turn to be heard here in 2022 on WABC. Jeannie? Hello, Curtis. Happy New Year to you and Nancy. So great to hear your voice again. It's in Bend, Oregon. Um, you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong, and I'll tell you why, Jeannie. I'll tell you why. Believe it or not, I've been to Bend, Oregon, over Mount Hood in Oregon. It's in the Dalles. Uh, are you a heavy breather, Jeannie? Are you breathing no. respiratory <laughs> problems, uh, bronchitis? I think it's just this new phone and magnifies things. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. All right. The but, have, you, have you ever been to Bend, Oregon? No, I have not. Okay, so you go over Mount Hood. Mount Hood. Yes. I, it could be 110 degrees uh, down in the Dalles. You know, that's the plains. And up in Mount Hood, it's snowing. It's ice and it chains. It's like when you go from Reno towards Lake Tahoe, right? All of a sudden, it's like snow. It's ice. Yeah, you know, tractor trailers are snapping in half. But anyway, you hit Bend, Oregon. And then there's the Dalles. And you know what used to be out there in the Dalles? The uh, ranchers uh, who uh, grew cattle would end up putting on their hitching posts the coyotes and would say, stay off our property, red varmints. And you know what they meant by the red varmints? Mm, no. No, it wasn't, wasn't the guardian angels. No, no, no. It was the Rajneesh Puram. Slowly I turned, step by step. The Rajneesh Puram. They settled outside of Bend, Oregon. That's right. In a little town called Antelope, population 12, they took over the town, the Rajneesh Puram. They were dressed in maroon robes, remember? They had Utsis. They were patrolling the area. They had crazy people, cultists coming in from all over the world, rich people. If you were poor, you need not apply. And they had the Maharashi Yogi who never spoke, right? He never spoke. And if, if you wanted to talk to him, if you wanted to interview with him, you had to take a cold shower and act like a schmuck or a putz. And people just schlepped there to Antelope, and they renamed it Rajneesh Param. So at that time, the leader of the Portland Guardian Angels was Michael Stoops, who take, took care of the homeless. You know, the Portland area is like the home of the hobos. Uh, more homeless people per square inch than anywhere. And Michael Stoops calls me up in New York City, Curtis, we got a problem. Uh, they're taking the homeless people. They're bringing them over Mount Hood, uh, past Bend, Oregon, into Antelope. And they're registering them to vote because they want to take over the whole county. And they did. They had hundreds of these uh, homeless men that they brought in. They would send these drop-dead gorgeous Rajneesh Param women, and they would lure them like sirens onto the buses. And they would come in, and they would register. They live in these campments, and they would wear these maroon robes. And actually, they didn't obey the rules. They tried to snack on the women. They tried to get booze and drugs. So the Rajneesh Param, the guys with the Utsis, they would turn them loose. 
and tell them, hey, go cross Mount Hood back to Portland, and some of them would perish. They would get frostbite and such. So Michael Stoops says, hey, can you bring some guardian angels and prevent them from dropping off the homeless so that they don't perish uh, from exposure and trying to cross over Mount Hood? And I said, naturally. So I end up getting arrested by the Rajneesh Param, who were the police. I go into court. There's no picture of Ronald Reagan on the wall. It's a picture of the Bhagwan, the Maharish. No Ronald Reagan. Hey, Sliwa, county jail, 10 days. And they're putting Uzi's in my head and they're driving me already. They don't come back. I said, I'm going to be back, pal. You know, I'm not Mr. 4-H, but I'm coming back, pal. And I came back. They tried to poison the water system in the Dallas. They tried to poison the salad bars. Shut up, Sheila was the spokesperson. She said, before I leave this plane, I will make sure you're dead, Sliwa. And I said, yeah, over my dead body. It was supposed to be funny, a joke, right? Remember, she was on Nightline all the time. Now you shut up, Sheila, spokesperson for the Bhagwan, who supposedly never spoke. Meantime, he's fornicating and copulating with all these women, uh, these cultists from all over the world. And they're giving him their money. That's right, Ted Koppel on Nightline. We're talking to shut up, Sheila, from Antelope. Meantime, I'm incarcerated with Uzi's to my head. You see how we divert? You see how we digress? Do you think they do that on any other radio show? They wouldn't even know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, let's go to the phones here. <laughs> uh, Rosemary in Westchester, do you know with the last blockbuster video rental operation uh, that exists in America is? I think, Curtis, last year I heard somewhere, maybe on the radio, maybe I read it in the post, that it's I can't tell you what town or city, but in Alaska, I think. You are 1,000% correct. Anchorage, Alaska, is the Uh, last blockbuster. Isn't that interesting? Speaking of the cold, huh? (laughs) Yep. Yeah, now that's the one state I haven't been to. I have not been to Alaska. I really want to go to Alaska. Uh, They do need guardian angels in Anchorage, so maybe I'll be able to get there at some point and visit that blockbuster. Now what what happens underwear? <laughs> what that's right. But what happens, Rosemary, if you rent a video from that blockbuster in Anchorage and you don't return it? What penalty is there? Um, I bet like the library they dropped all the charges. Like some libraries have stopped the charging fees, I guess they forgot about it. Rosemary <laughs> This is Alaska. They deal with things differently. Remember Sarah Palin, the governor who said, I can see Russia out of my kitchen window. Remember Sarah Palin? You are. Who would be up in the helicopter shooting wolves? Remember she would go <laughs> wolf hunting, shooting wolves from a helicopter? They have. That's what they do there, I guess. I what, don't know. Rosemary, yep. this is what they do. The last existing blockbuster in America is in Anchorage, Alaska. If you don't return that video on time because you know every state now has no bail no cash bail who is it that used to come for you if you jumped bail think of it rosemary Hmm. which guys would show up at your front door bang on the door three o'clock in the morning and drag you out if you didn't uh if you didn't show up in court 
uh, if you jump bail? Dog the bounty hunter. Was yes, the bounty hunter. Well, he's in, he's in Hawaii, but you. He's, he's in Hawaii. Rosemary, you're right on target. You know, there are very few bounty hunters now because of this no bail situation, no cash bail. Used to be, mm. there'd be bail everywhere, and the bounty hunters would hope would hope that you didn't show up in court so that they could come drag you out of a house or underneath the car. But what they do now, since it's the only blockbuster left in existence in Anchorage, if you take that video out and don't return it on time, they send bounty hunters for you. That doesn't seem very cost-effective, does it, Curtis? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, in Alaska, let's face it, uh, it's uh, Old Testament. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You don't return a blockbuster video, the bounty hunters are coming for you. By the way, who used to own Blockbuster when it was at its height? Let me give you a tip. Uh, he owned the Florida Marlins, and he was big into garbage. Which would suggest that maybe some of his profits were from ill-gotten gain, garbage, organized crime, like Ozanostra, down in Florida. Uh, he had a very bad case of acne also. I don't know how many more tips I can give you as to who the original owner or operator of Blockbusters was when they were everywhere in the country. There were as many Blockbusters, remember, video rental operations as there were Mickey D's and Burger Kings. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go if we can. Oh, Fred. Fred from Yonkers, back-to-back, belly-to-belly. You know, uh, I'm sorry, but the femme fatale beat you to it, Fred. Yes, she got me on that one, Curtis. But you see, you knew it was uh, in Alaska, right? Yeah, but I was going to guess a different town. Oh, what town? I was going to guess Moosehead. Moosehead? They take you around back. You don't bring the videos back, and they town you with snowballs. Right. All right. No, no, no. I think it's Anchorage. I stand to be corrected. Uh, it might be Moosehead or it might be Juno, the state capital. Gorgeous. Oh, that city's gorgeous. I only know from watching videos. Uh, my two youngest sons went there with their mother. They went on one of those cruises, you know, up there through Alaska. You get to see the elk, the bear, the moose. I got to I got to make it to Alaska. I got to make it to Alaska. Maybe I'll see what what a what a Sarah Palin's son's name Trig Track Trigger. Got the weirdest name for her kids. I don't think she lives in Alaska anymore. Remember, she used to be a sportscaster on the local news. Sarah Palin used to do sports. Then all of a sudden she becomes governor. Next thing you know, John McCain is choosing her as the vice presidential candidate. And they introduced her, remember, in the airplane hangar in Dayton, Ohio. Oh, my God. Now I think she lives in Arizona outside of Phoenix. I don't think they even go. I don't even think they live in Alaska. So one of the reasons I would want to go to Alaska is to see if, in fact, Sarah Palin can actually see Russia outside of her kitchen window. Like the other piece of work, uh, Holcomb, Kathy Holcomb, who is now declaring that racism in New York State is the number one health problem in New York State. Racism! Not COVID! Racism! I remember Kathy Holcomb, which means nonsense. 
says she can see Ontario outside of her kitchen window in Erie County. What is it about all these women governors? They look out their kitchen windows? They can see foreign countries? Something not right about that. Something wrong about that. I don't know. Maybe maybe we give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't think that Sarah Palin could see Russia. I don't think that Kathy Holcomb can see Ontario. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. You can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. you're not. This is Eddie Murphy. Between gigs of doing movies and Saturday Night Live, right? SNL. And he recorded this up in the recording studio of Rick James in his mansion in Orchard Park with the Mary Jane girls while they were going puff, puff, pass. Puff, puff, pass. One hit wonder. Eddie Murphy. And what? Roosevelt Freeport. Anyway, yeah, party all the time, Mary Jane girls, puff, puff, pass, puff, puff, pass, and then all of a sudden Rick James would come in, <sighs> white powder all over his schnoz and his face. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, a question here, because we started the evening with the dropping of the ball in Times Square, where everyone who did show up, because they were only permitted 15,000, looked like the schminks. They had like three, four masks on. They were wearing Depends. So different than the rest of the country south of the Mason-Dixon line. New Orleans, nobody. Nobody was socially distancing. Nobody was wearing masks. Nashville, Fox did their New Year's show from there. They did it indoors in like the world's biggest chin mill. No social distancing, no masks. Down in Miami, where AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the leader of the Democratic Socialists of America, who want to destroy America with the Justice Warriors. She was out on Collins Avenue, South Beach. She was having uh, her martini and sushi, apparently, with her boy toy, you know, the the carrot top guy, the guy with the, the red-headed guy wearing flip-flops. With hair growing all over his, uh, all over his toes. Oh my God. And she's down in Florida, in DeSantis land, not up here taking care of her peeps. But I digress. In South Carolina, they have something called the meatball drop. That's what welcomes in the new year, the world's largest meatball. And it reminded me. That when it was uh, Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope's birthday a few months ago, in the midst of my mayoral campaign, I showed up at Gracie Mansion with some of the volunteers in my campaign, and we presented to Bill de Blasio the world's biggest meatball cake. I had gone to Gristiti's, got the chopped meat, and made an eight-pound meatball and put it on a cake. And brought it there with the candles, set it on fire. And uh, the NYPD security detail took the cake <laughs> into Bill de Blasio. They were laughing their ass off. They were laughing so hard. They had Vito Bruno there with the Italian flag, the tricolor flag. 
and, and the media was saying, well, this just another sleeve was stunt. Why don't you get serious and talk about budget issues? No. I was happy to have created the world's largest meatball cake for the biggest meatball ever in the city of New York, the worst mayor we've ever had, Comrade Bill de Blasio. By the way, that meatball drop in South Carolina, has a pretty damn big meatball. I don't know if it was a bigger meatball than the one I put on the cake for Bill de Blasio. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So what happened? Slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. The jury comes back, Eastern District, downtown Brooklyn, and finds uh, Giselle Maxwell guilty of five of the six uh, charges of procuring underage women for the purposes of uh, taking advantage of them sexually, along with her boy toy, Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile on a pedestal, right? And I'm telling you, nothing about this case sounds right. Everybody's covering up stuff. Notice, the moment the jury comes back with the guilty, the guilty verdict, five out of six charges, what did the U.S. prosecutor do in the Eastern District? They ended the criminal case against the two Manhattan federal jailers who were guarding the convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein on the night of his second suicide attempt, the successful one, if you believe that, I don't. Despite the pair admitting that they falsified records. So the two guards, instead of each doing time, federal time, because remember, they fell asleep. That was their excuse. They had been shopping online. They weren't checking up on Jeffrey Epstein's cell. There was supposed to be another inmate in the cell uh, to prevent a suicide. None of that was done. So all of a sudden, there are no charges being put against them, all dropped. Oh, so clean, so nice. Unbelievable. Slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. And now you got to say to yourself, ah, okay, so what's going to happen now? In the case uh, of uh, Giselle Maxwell, will she cut a deal now and take the planet of the rich with her? The Prince St. Andrews of the world, that Mama Luke of the Queen. There was uh, Governor Richardson in New Mexico, remember, used to be the one protecting Bill Clinton when he was president, trying to find a place to stick Monica Lewinsky, best friend of uh, the North Korean dictator, Kim Jong, mentally ill, his evil seed. Remember, he's the guy going back and forth visiting uh, Kim Jong, mentally ill. Then there's uh, former Senator George Mitchell who had negotiated the uh, Belfast uh, peace uh, deal in Northern Ireland uh, between uh, those loyal to the Brits and those uh, who were the Catholics. And there's been peace ever since. Uh, it's been alleged that he was snacking on the young underage girls. Ehud Barak of Israel, who had been the labor prime minister, member of the Mossad, some of the House of Fraud, the fake, phony, fraudulent princes, you know, who bow to Mecca and Medina when they're in the sands of Saudi Arabia. When they come to America to check on their holdings, they're wearing those knockoff Armani suits, no schmata on their head, chasing skirts, and they're like knocking back Genesee, right? Genesee, Jameson. What Genesee? No beer for them. Hard liquor. So what do you think is going to happen all now? You think there's going to be any pursuit of all the whales? Do you think Maxwell 
will reveal from the black book all of those men of power, those whales, who we have not been able to find out, who actually took advantage of the office of uh, Jeffrey Epstein, who had millions and millions of dollars. Nothing came out in the trial as to where he had acquired this wealth. We find out now that Ghislaine Maxwell killed a Vanity Fair expose 20 years ago that had all these details. And that Jeffrey Epstein, uh, she said, only wanted to help young girls in need who came from dysfunctional families. He was a real benefactor, a real stand-up guy. Not. And do you know, <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein, he actually visited, had a sit-down meeting with the publisher of Vanity Fair. I forget this uh, schmuck's name. And made the story go away. Made the story go away. How much did he grease him? You know, it's no different than years ago, remember, in the Deuce Times Square when the pedophiles would hang out at the arcades? Uh, the chicken hawks. Remember, they were chicken hawks, and they'd offer sneakers, go to the movies, they'd give the kid money, and then take advantage of them. Remember? Remember that? How is that any different? And so Jeffrey Epstein walks into the uh, publisher's, editor's uh, offices in Manhattan, makes them a deal that they couldn't refuse, and they didn't go to print. Instead, they published a puff piece about Jeffrey Epstein. Tell me he didn't bribe them, wine them, dine them, and line their pockets. Anyway, our number is one 800 848 9222, that's 1 800 848 WABC. Let's go to Patrick in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here in 2022 on WABC, Patrick. Yes, I'm a retired NYPD detective. You need to look at James Rothstein online, retired NYPD detective. He uh, used to investigate these uh, organizations back in the 70s. They make their money off the blackmail, not off the services they provide. Uh, the biggest one in particular was the Process Church of the Final Revelation. And I want to thank you for uh, talking about the Dobbs Ferry Deli shooting. Uh, no, I didn't talk about that. But he is right about some of that other stuff. Oh, the pedophile rings, yeah. Imagine Bill Gates, Mr. Microsoft, right? One of the world's richest men, hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein at his mansion in Manhattan. Then there was uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, the mansion there. You know who was staying there? Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and Chelsea. Chelsea! And then, of course, there was Pedophile Island there in the Virgin Islands. Private islands. Uh, just check the flight logs. Oh, Clinton was there a lot. Trump was there. A lot of men of wealth. A lot of whales were there. Ehud Barak was there. Others were there. And then, of course, there was this house in uh, Palm Beach County. That's the main place that they used to go trolling for underage girls. Uh, let's go to David in uh, L.A., Cali, Cali. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Dave. First of all, Curtis, the energy you bring day and night to the WABC microphone is amazing. I, I renamed Dominic Carter Dominic the God earlier this week to combat <laughs> Charlemagne the Fraud. So I'm going to deem you now the amazing Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. Oh, thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you. 
Now I'm going to weigh in about the topic you're discussing. I do not believe that Ghislaine Maxwell will be offered a deal because the feds already have everything. They already know all. If they wanted it, a deal, they would have offered it already, and she would have taken it, and they don't need her for that. Now, secondly, this is bigger than most people realize. First of all, yes, Epstein and Maxwell, they're mainly a blackmail agency. Get them to pedophile island, get everybody drunk, bring in the kids, click, click, click. Um, this involves – now, Now, if, if the feds re- – Trump was brought into office, and he has been attacking the human trafficking behind the scenes. It's, a, it's something the public doesn't like to hear about. It involves Democrats, Republicans, Hollywood executives, actors, the record industry, and the Clinton Foundation. The Clinton Foundation, the number one human trafficking agency in the world with their Haiti. Okay, so it's all about that, and they know who it is. And uh, Trump was going to continue to go after this. And let me tell you something, Curtis, I just remembered the number one reason Democrats and Republicans were against Trump when he was coming into office is because they know the NSA brought him in to go after this human trafficking. And to take it one step further, the NSA, I believe, went to Trump and said, sir, you have to run for office. You're the only one independent that will go after this. And they presented the evidence and he said, okay, I'll do it. Now you see, this is classic theater of the mind. This is what talk radio is about. He connected all the dots, David, in La La Land, National Security Agency, candidate Donald Trump, then President Donald Trump, then all the whales that they spoke about, Jeffrey Epstein, Giselle Maxwell. By the way, Giselle Maxwell, who was seen dining with Bill Clinton at Nello's on the Upper East Side. Outdoors, by the way, not even indoors. Outdoors, ah. What was that about, huh? But, oh, now we can't seem to get any information. They, they had the what they call the easy pass trial. They only used uh, four victims of Epstein and Giselle Maxwell. The FBI had taken uh, hundreds of pictures, had seized all kinds of records. How come we didn't find out where Jeffrey Epstein made his millions from? Millions. Remember, he bought Pedophile Island in the Virgin Islands. He owned ranch land in New Mexico. He had the mansion in Palm Beach and the mansion, the largest in New York City right here in Manhattan. Where the hell did he get all that money from? You would have thought that would have come out in court. When uh, Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein, went on trial for being the perv that he is, and continues to be, although now he's out in L.A. facing those charges. Uh, but remember, we learned everything about Harvey Weinstein and his brother, the two boys from Flushing, the Mama Lukes, the mother controlled everything. And then all of a sudden how they dominated Hollywood. We learned everything. Women testified who hadn't even been part of the trial just as character witnesses against Harvey Weinstein. Remember that? And then you listen to Arthur Idala, the attorney, defend him with uh, Sid and Bernie right here. They would never get away with that with me. Hell no. Hell no. Anyway, let's go to the phones. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Allen in the Upper West Side. Your turn to be heard here at WABC in 2022, Allen. 
Uh, good morning. I just want to reflect on something that was on the show a little earlier about a cult, C-U-L-T, called the Rajneeshi out in Antelope, Oregon. I live in a small multiple dwelling on the Upper West Side, and a similar cult took over my building, as that cult did Antelope, Oregon, <clears throat> where they uh, tried to poison the water, took over all the elected offices and so forth, um, and there was uh, the guru uh, there of the Rajneeshi had six uh, Rolls Royces. But it was uh, we had here a similar thing, and someone said to me that the New Yorker writer Francis, <coughs> pardon me. Now, now, hold on, Jay, well, Alan. Uh, the group that I think you had there in the Upper West Side were called the Sullivanians? No, no. People thought they were. Ah. They lived a block away on Broadway, wow. on Side Street. Uh, but man, they you, had a, similar. you had a lot of cults in your neighborhood, man. Well, they come and they go. Ours was called the International Society of the Anal- of Analytical Trilogy. It had nothing to do with the Holy Trinity. Wow. Their trilogy was group therapy, group work. And group living. All right. So, but, uh, wait a second. Give me, give me the name of that again. The International Society of Analytical Trilogy, oh. and they came from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, the uh, I called Washington, Brazilian uh, <clears throat> embassy there, and an officer in their army said, "Yes, there are cults." Now, well, when when did this occur, Alan? How long ago? This occurred about a generation ago yeah, in the late nineteen. You know, who I think you know, who I think went there. Donald Manis, the former borough president of Queens. Well, the guy who ended up uh, killing himself. Killing himself, right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of freaks. A lot of freaks. Well, the point is that Francis Fitzgerald, the writer for The New Yorker, mm-hmm. wrote a book about three cults. One was this uh, Rajneeshi cult that you mentioned uh, right, earlier right. in the show out in Antelope, Oregon. And another was the Hare Krishna people. And uh, I can't remember Hare, 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 Hare Krishna, Morgantown, West Virginia. Go ahead. And anyway, uh, my building suffered a parallel structure of this uh, cult-like thing that took over our building. Uh, that trilogy had group therapy, group living, and uh, and group, group sex and group work. sex. Come on, they're cut to the chase, Alan. They had group sex, right? They were um, fornicating I, and copying. Well, I really can't say that. They were not like the Sullivanians, which required people to change partners every night. Um, and, uh, Let me uh, ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, Alan. How come you know about all these freaky cults and I know about all these freaky cults? What is it about me and you that we know this stuff that most of our listeners have no idea what the hell we're talking well, about? I experienced it by having such a, a Sao Paulo Brazilian cult take over my building. And I then, as I said, a friend said, hey, Francis. Gerald uh, wrote a book about three cults, and I read that, and I said, oh, my God, the Rajdishi you mentioned out in Antelope, Oregon. See, now he'll keep talking, right? This guy knows about cults. Could be est. I mean, we should have five hours just about all the different cults I've run into over the years. And then, yeah, the Scientologists. L. Ron Hubbard, yeah, you know, the Sea Orgs out there at sea was at some kind of ocean line off Catalina Island, remember it was thought? You know, Tom Cruise, the rest of them, John Travolta. So I'm uh, featured in Time Magazine, the American scene back then, very popular uh, Time Magazine. 
just starting, the Guardian Angels, didn't have two nickels to rub together. They had fired me at McDonald's, fired me. They claimed I was a vigilante. They got the word from Oak Brook, Illinois. You know, that's where McDonald's University was outside of Chicago. Fire that vigilante. And all of a sudden, a certified letter comes in with a certified check for $10,000 signed by L. Ron Hubbard. This is 1979. I put it up on the bureau of my um, dresser that any minute I was going to, you know, get thrown out because I wasn't able to pay rent. And I'm staring at that for a week. And then I remember I called my mother, Francesca, in Canarsie, and I said, Mom, I got this $10,000 certified check. She goes, oh, glory, Halioski, hallelujah. Yeah, you'll, you'll be able to survive. You'll be able to survive there with the guardian angels. I said, yeah, Mom, but I wanted to tell you I'm not taking it. She said, why not? I said, it's a Scientologist, and right away if I take that money, people are going to say I'm just a tool of the Scientologist. You know, uh, we're just part of that cult. And, you know, all of a sudden they're going to have us uh, doing the uh, personality tests at Grand Central. You know, when you're walking from the Times Square shuttle over, <laughs> over to the number six, train four and five. You know, they, always, they used to do the pers- personality tests uh, for a while. They were only interested in people with money. If you were poor or impoverished or indigent, Scientologists were not interested in you at all. You had to keep paying to be in the levels. So I got the 10000 certified check. I send it back to the address. And like two weeks later, I get a call from a guy identifying himself as L. Ron Hubbard. He goes, uh, Curtis, what are you doing? Why'd you send the check back? You guys got no money. They fired you at McDonald's. You need the money. I said, L. Ron Hubbard, not for nothing, but if I accept this money, if I put it in the bank, if I use those proceeds, they'll think that we're just controlled by Scientology. And he hung up the phone on me and went out to that ocean liner with his sea orgs and disappeared into the ether. I think they think he's like the Mashiach. He's going to return sometime. You know, Tom Cruise, John Travolta, all of them are waiting with bated breath. Knock yourselves out, guys. From day one, I wasn't going to fold, no matter how bad it got. The idea is you got to be consistent to your values. And when things get really bad, as they've been for the last eight years, as Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, has single-handedly taken a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball and destroyed the city that we love, now we got to fight our way back. Improve, don't move. And those of you who don't improve, don't move. You'll end up fleeing to Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, Texas, and parts unknown. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. On our five-hour extravaganza here at WABC, as I'm attempting to break the record of the now-departed Betty White, who died just days before her 100th birthday, 
She had more FaceTime in movies and TV than any other actress in the history of the medium. In fact, when she first broke into TV, she had graduated Beverly Hills High School. TV was just being created. She was on TV six days a week, five and a half hours a day. That's close to what, 34 hours, right? Every week. I got to break that record. I got to break that record. Ever since John Katsimatidis took me back after I lost the mayoral race to Eric Adams, who was sworn in just hours ago in Times Square to replace uh, the worst mayor in our history, Comrade Bill de Blasio. Uh, I was offered a no-cut contract for 30 years. That means I can broadcast here though I'm 97, even though I've used up eight of my nine cat lives. Imagine, you think I'm going to be able to make it in 97? Hey, John said, don't worry about it. You'll broadcast. And then he said at that press conference, WABC, the acronym stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis. Well, I'm doing 22 hours this weekend, and I'm going to try to break uh, at some point Betty White's record. This record being on radio, her record was on television. That's right. Think of that. Imagine Curtis Sliwa on Five and a half hours, let's say, or six hours. Let's just do six hours, six days a week, 36 hours a week, nonstop, a stream of consciousness, no guests, just me and you, the callers. And to show you, we went through a panoply of different brain busters that I exposed you to. And I said, what, how was holy moly derived, holy cow, holy smokes, and let's not forget holy Toledo, right? None of you could come up with it. Oh, we're, we're going to dip in the well. Uh, just what, 24 hours, we'll be back. Oh, yeah, I'll be back. Oh, just uh, c- catch up to my schedule. Check the dance, uh, uh, the dance chart. I'll be back uh, 2 to 4 in the afternoon by myself. Then I'll be doing 12 midnight to 5 in the morning. You better believe I'm going to be hitting again. It gives you a chance to sort of hit the book, study, cram. Uh, maybe you'll get uh, crib notes and figure it out. What holy moly, holy cow, holy smokes, and holy Toledo mean. And did the Vatican ever take umbrage to the fact that holy was the first word and consider it to be sacrilegious? Maybe somebody can get in a call before we slam the lid shut on this. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And nobody ever figured out what it was that Tony Orlando without Dawn, had in common with George Carlin. George Carlin, growing up in uh, West Harlem, I think he went to Catholic schools first. Uh, Tony Orlando, I don't know what high school he went to. He grew up on 21st Street uh, on the west side, Chelsea, between 7th and 8th. What did they have in common? None of you seem to know that, right? Ah, we may have to save it. You get to study. You get to cram. You get to hit the books. You get to figure out what is it that they had in common. I realize this can be difficult for some. Difficult. Anyway, let's go to George out in Strong Island. Your ter- your turn to be heard here at WABC, George. No call clerk. In Brooklyn, many years ago, me, Esposito, was the boss. 44 Court Street was known as the Den of Thieves. We wanted a lawyer 
should call up the Den of Three Thieves and get somebody there. Mead used to go there and take $5,000 to put you on the list to become a judge. And you just waited and waited and waited. One time he left the 5000 in a cab, and the cab driver knew who he was and tried to give it back and turn it in. And Mead wouldn't take it back and said it wasn't his and it was in the newspapers. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> ah, George, I knew a lot about not only Mead Esposito, who grew up in the projects of East New York, and did you know anything about his brother, Jerry, Jerry Esposito? Oh, they were crooked. But 44 Court Street was a laugh. The Den of Thieves. I have something else to tell you, a trivia question. A broadcaster, his name was Robert Smith from Brooklyn. He went to Eastern District High School. He had a gravelly voice, and everybody thought he was from Texas. He's as famous as uh, Cousin Bruce. Do you know who it is? Hmm, interesting. Eastern District. Wolfman Jack. Wow, Wolfman Jack. 4,000 guys there. I don't know what Eastern District High School is. I still don't know. Oh, well, Williamsburg, Williamsburg. They used to have yeah. 4,000 guys. Uh, it was yeah. a tough school, very tough school. Hey, I look it up. Wolfman Jack, the Wolfman great Wolfman Jack. Wolf Jack. Oh, I will, I will. from Brooklyn. Uh, the, the NBC, Wolfman Jack. But I don't know. Where, I don't remember what station he broadcast on. I don't know if he was syndicated. I think it was NBC, but no, he was syndicated across the nation. And, and by the way, uh, George, Jerry Esposito, the brother of the crook, Meet Esposito, who went to jail. Jerry would get a penny on every apple, every cherry, every watermelon that came into the port of Brooklyn. That was his big. Anyway, let's go to Chris, who's calling from Newark. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Chris. Yes, uh, Curtis, I just wanted to tell you that uh, both George Collin and Tony Orlando were altar boys. Uh, so the priests were pervin on him. No, they weren't carving on them, but they were both older boys. That's what they grew up. Now, that may well be true. I'm not going to challenge you on that, but that's not what I was referring to. Let me put it within the context of what we're going through now with COVID-19 and the two variants, uh, the Delta variant from India and the South African variant. Uh, immunization. They did something that a lot of young men did and some young women in the 50s that ended up immunizing them from viruses, flus, colds, and everything else. Do you have any idea what that was? No, no. I'm stuck with that one. Well, back then, it'd be a hot summer's day, and they would jump off the piers along the West Side Highway. Okay, very good. And back then, remember, there was no water treatment plants. So you'd be swimming in the Hudson and all of a sudden some human flotsam and jetsam would be flying uh, flying right past you on the water. And right. did the same thing on the Jersey side. Right. And, and, they, in North, and, and in the North Bay. And they believed back then in the 50s that because you were in at times what appeared to be like a sewer-like situation, that that built up your immunity system, and you didn't. That was better than any vaccine, any shot. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? The same thing in the North Bay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And dead bodies there in Newark Bay. You know, sometimes a dead body would be floating down, right? Right. Yeah. And the Passaic River, right? Passaic River, same thing. Right past Newark, they'd be dumping dead bodies in there. That's right. That's correct. And Newark, as, I'm, as, as I speak, I'm working next to the Passaic River right now. Ah, see, you're, you're right near yeah. that. You're right near that bridge that they want to rebuild of what, like ten trillion dollars? Well, if that bridge goes out, Curtis, you know the whole northeast um, uh, 
channel goes out. The whole northeast corridor goes out. No, no, I know, but I, I'm looking at that bridge. It's sort of like prehistoric. Yeah, and a lot of tourists come here to take pictures of that. Yeah. Now, uh, were you born and raised in Newark, or you just worked there? No, no, I'm a Jersey City guy. I'm, I'm retired JCPD. Ah, what part of Jersey City did you grow up in? You know what part? Greenville, where Tierney's Tavern oh, was. Oh, Greenville, that's rough. Man, that's thug life there. Yeah, it was a good place, though. Good place remember, the wood, remember the Woods Project there, the high-rise? Curry Woods? Curry yeah. Woods, yes. They did verticals in them like you did. Yeah. Right, at the end of Martin Luther King Boulevard. Man, that was a tough project. Mm-hmm. But the worst was the Duncan Project. We used to call that the planet. Because that's it was another right. world. The Duncan Projects. Every, oh, right. man, that's the memories for Because now it's all like most of Jersey City, not all of it, but hipsters and millennials, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Exchange Place, the Little Wall Street. People don't realize what Jersey City was. Hey, what high school did you go to? I actually went, I went to Marist in Bayonne. Oh, the gateway to the world. That, yeah. that, that was, yeah, yeah. was that a Catholic school? Catholic, but Marist Brothers, right? Yeah, okay, okay. So, yeah. oh, man, those yeah. are the memories. So, thank you. Thank you for straightening me out on that, Chris. All right. Don't forget that they both were. I, I, I'm almost positive that Tony Orlando was. I, I am positive that George Cohen was an older boy. Yeah, no, no. Look, uh, I'm sure that's why I was a choir boy. I didn't want to preach permanent on me. <laughs> You know, they'd be, right. they'd be saying, oh, more wine, you know, for the communion, more wine. Get out of here. I'm not going back in that room with the priest. Uh, I was in the choir, wall red. Ah, that's where, you know, the Red Berets, Red Satin Jackets came from. And the, the choir, choral director, the choir director were nuns. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kept, kept us away from the priest. Kept us away from the priest. Anyway, I want you, uh, Bruce, to go out with the song that I started this all with, my favorite, from 1979, Good Times by Sheik, because we've had a great time this evening. I've been raising the roof, dancing the horror of the Tarantella, the Patty Duke, the bus stop, uh, the hustle out on the dance floor, because there's so much to celebrate. It is the end. Of Bill de Blasio and his wife, Charlene, who for eight years single-handedly destroyed the city that we love. He still won't leave Gracie Mansion, so he's going to be staying in the Marriott Hotel downtown Brooklyn until repairs are done to his Palazzo on 7th Avenue and 11th Street in Park Slope with his hipster millennial liberal progressive friends. A pox on him. Go back to Cambridge, where you were birthed. Become an adjunct professor in Harvard. Destroy a whole new generation by teaching poli-sci. But it's over. We're finished. 